Uh, Kurt, are we about ready? Ready when you are, Chair. Very good. Thanks very much. Um, good evening and welcome to the Monday, May 24th, uh, 2021 meeting of the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Commission. My name is David Carter. I'm the chair of the commission. And before uh, we continue, I'm just going to turn this over uh, to Becky Pepper, who will explain how the meeting shall be run remotely. Good evening. My name is Becky Pepper, planning manager. Joining me here in the City Commission room is Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director, and Kyle Kobe, who will be helping facilitate the Zoom video portion of the meeting. We will work alongside the Chair, who is on remote video, to facilitate the meeting proceedings. Currently, we have everyone muted so that we can talk through the general ground rules for tonight's meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the City's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon, which is found on the lower left-hand corner of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you're muted, a red line will appear over the icon, and this will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. You can also turn your video camera on or off by clicking the video icon in the menu. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration. If you're participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. Somewhere on your Zoom screen, you will also see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view allows the active speak shows the active speaker and gallery view tiles all of the media participants. Commissioners, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Members of city staff must also state their name and title each time they speak. I would also ask the applicants and members of the public to identify themselves each time they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. When public comment is sought on an item, individuals participating via Zoom should use their raise your hand feature. For Windows and Mac users, you can access this feature through the participants button at the bottom of your screen. Android and iPhone users can access this feature through the more button located at the bottom right corner of your screen. And for those calling in by phone, you may dial star nine. Individuals will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. And when you're called on, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. Staff will direct you to the podium to speak while following uh, social distancing and safety protocols. And the regular three minute time limit will apply. All motions need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each commissioner individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need, staff will then announce whether the motion carried and the vote, the count of the vote. I again want to remind everyone to please mute yourself when you are not speaking. And now I'll turn the meeting over to the chair. Thank you, Becky, David Carter chair. Uh, let's begin by uh, reviewing our minute, minutes from our April 28th, 2021 meeting. Um, those minutes should be in everybody's packet. Uh, assuming folks have had a chance to review those, I will accept a motion to, ex uh, to accept the minutes unless anyone has any amendments to offer. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff. Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff, I move to approve. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, thank you. Um, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? 
Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Sands? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes nine to zero. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Uh, with that, let's move on to committee reports. Do any commissioners have any uh, committees that they wish to report on uh, for business over the past month? Seeing none, let's move on to communications. Um, Jeff, I know we received an updated packet this morning. Are there any additional communications from the public that have not been included in that packet? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. All communications were included in your packet this evening. Thank you very much. Um, uh, does that also include, David Carter, Chair, does that also include written communications from staff, uh, planning commissioners, or other commissioners? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Uh, yeah, all communications were part of your packet. We have no additional items there. Very good. Forgive me for asking, but uh, any uh, written actions of waivers, waiver requests or determinations made by the city engineer? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director, uh, none this evening. Very good. Thank you. David Carter, Chair, um, do any commissioners wish to report any ex parte communications? Okay. Um, how about any declarations of abstentions from specific agenda items? Uh, Commissioner Sands. No specific agenda item, but just for the public record, uh, I'm, I'll have to come off for a, uh, an unavoidable work call. So I'll, we'll abstain from any uh, item that I haven't heard fully. Understood. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. David Carter, Chair. Um, uh, this is the portion of the meeting where the public is invited to comment on any items that are not already on our agenda. So if any um, members of the public wish to comment uh, uh, on anything not on the agenda, uh, please raise your hand. Uh, you can do it digitally in, in Zoom. Um, and uh, and uh, you can have uh, three minutes to speak. And I'll ask um, Kyle if, there are, if you see any hands raised. Kyle Kobe with planning. I'm not seeing any hands going up so far, but we might just give it another few seconds just in case. Okay. And while you're at it, David Carter Chair, you can please, uh, if you wouldn't mind reporting on anyone in the uh, uh, commission chamber. Kyle Kobe with, with planning. There is no one in the room to speak uh, on general public comment. Very good. Okay. Thank you. With that, um, I will, uh, David Carter Chair, I'll go ahead and go to the first um, item on our regular agenda. Um, item number one, consider approving a request to rezone approximately 22.02 .02 acres at 1326 East 1900 Road from AG1 to General Business District. And I believe Mary is going to report on this. Yes, Commissioners, Mary Miller, City County Planner, and I'll try to share my screen. So beginning. Um, this is a rezoning request for, as you mentioned, approximately 22 acres from the Ag 1 or Agricultural District to GB General Business District. The property is located at 1326 East 1900 Road and is developed with a 10 of Twin Oaks Golf Facility. 
Um, this location map shows it in the southeast corner of the intersection of East 1900 Road and Kansas Highway 10. It is located in the um, Tier 3 of the Lawrence Urban Growth Area, which is shown in blue. It's also within the three-mile planning radius of the City of Eudora. Uh, the application was provided to the City of Eudora Planning Commission, and they were given notice of the Joint Planning Commission meeting. They reviewed the application and provided a letter of support rather than attending the meeting, and that was included in your packet. And the subject property is about midway between the cities of Lawrence and Eudora. Uh, these are some pictures of the facility. This is the view from East 1900 Road. Uh, this is the clubhouse. Um, this figure shows the type of facility they want to add. Um, the actual facility itself, the building, does not require the rezoning. Uh, this is just an enclosed driving range. Um, it allows people to stand inside during inclement weather, and it also allows for computers to evaluate your swing and predict where your wall goes and give you some training advice. Um, the part that requires the rezoning is that this would also include a small restaurant. And so restaurant uses are not allowed with CUPs, and therefore it was necessary to request this rezoning to the general business district. And the box in this graphic shows the proposed location. It's currently an area that's used for driving, uh, but it just would have this covered facility and restaurant, and it would keep all the development in the southwestern corner of the property. Um, and as with all zonings, uh, we always look at the golden factors. Uh, the property is zoned agricultural, and so is the surrounding area. Um, there is floodway and floodway fringe overlay zonings, but the zoning is 100% agricultural, a ag one. And the land uses in the area are all agricultural, um, except for the subject property, which is developed with that golf facility. A conditional use permit was approved for it in 1991, and it's operated since then. And so the uh, proposed rezoning to allow this addition of the restaurant use with that enclosed driving area would be compatible with the zoning and land uses in the area. Of the area, we typically look at an area about one mile in radius of the subject property, and so that's outlined on this graphic. Um, primary defining features of the area are larger agricultural fields, uh, the Walker is a river and floodplain. Um, recreational features we have the Crown Ski Lake to the west, and then we have the golf facility being the subject property, and then we have scattered rural residences throughout the area as well. Higher classification roads also define the area. East 1900 Road to the west of the subject property is classified as a principal arterial, and then the state highway is classified as a freeway. And as I mentioned, the area is in close proximity to both the city limits of Lawrence and Eudora. A commercial zoning in this location at the intersection of the state highway and county route and in close proximity to the city limits of Eudora and Lawrence would be appropriate for a future development and um, commercial development. And any future commercial development would be reviewed with the site plan uh, to ensure compatibility with the surrounding land uses and the character, the rural character of the area. <clears throat> And the ski lake to the west and the golf course have historically defined this portion of K-10 Highway as an outdoor recreation corridor. Uh, these are some other golden factors we look at. There are no adopted long-range plans for this area, so the comprehensive plan is the guiding plan. Um, 
As far as suitability, the general business district permits agriculture and a wide range of other uses, as was shown in that um, permitted use comparison table in the attachment with the staff report. Water demand and water usage would be the limiting factor for any new development until this property is served with rural water or is annexed into a city and has city water. The Kansas Department of Agriculture um, indicated they would need to review and approve the water supply for the proposed usage um, since a private water supply would be used before a site plan could be approved. The water supply for the proposed use was um, provided to them and was reviewed and approved. However, with any site plan, the intensity of the use would be based on the review and approval of the water supply. Uh, the property is well suited to the uses which are permitted in the Ag 1 district and is also would also be well suited to the uses permitted in the general business district with a caveat that the intensity of uses may be limited by the use of the private water supply. And as I mentioned, the Kansas Department of Agriculture would review and regulate the water supply for the proposed use. Uh, potential detrimental impacts, the location of the property at the intersection of those higher classification roadways with the freeway to the north and a principal arterial to the west, as well as a band of floodway and floodway fringe located to the south and east would isolate or buffer this property from adjacent uses in the future. With appropriate site design, the uses permitted in the general business district should be able to be developed on the property with no detrimental impacts to nearby properties. The impact on environmentally sensitive lands, as shown in the staff report, there are environmentally sensitive lands on the east side of the property. There is prime farmland, um, class one or class two soils, and there is um, floodplain, as well as some steep slopes. Uh, this is on the far east side of the property, and the structures are being located on the west side, and then that's where the new structure would be located. Um, any new site plan for a proposed use would require a review for impact on environmentally sensitive lands, and so that impact could be mitigated with any site plan. Therefore, the rezoning should not have a detrimental impact on environmentally sensitive lands. And then the suitability for agricultural purposes, and uh, based on a manual review of the um, land evaluation and a site assessment, the LISA system, um, the site appears to have above average potential for agricultural production. So rezoning the property to the general business district would not, um, it would not remove land from agricultural production as it has not been used for agriculture since the early 1990s. Um, it has a conditional use permit with no expiration date. The rezoning would remove the land from the agricultural inventory, which would increase the accuracy of the inventory. And finally, we look at the compliance comprehensive plan um, in the growth management. Um, it wants to protect and preserve rural character through the compatible design uh, to minimize agricultural land conversion to non-agricultural uses. As I mentioned, this has not been an agricultural use since the early 1990s. It recommends that we utilize existing commercial centers and buildings to help create a continuity of place, maximize existing resources, and to maintain vibrant neighborhoods and encourages redevelopment and limited expansion of existing commercial areas in unincorporated Douglas County on hard surfaced roads. As far as commercial development design, it um, recommends that commercial areas at the intersection of a hard surface county route and a designated highway may expand if utilities and infrastructure are available and if the expansion is compatible in scale with surrounding uses. So this is something that would be reviewed with any future uh, site plan applications. And the um, chapter seven at parks, recreation, and open space uh, recommends that we create and maintain a variety of recreational opportunities and open spaces to protect sensitive lands and increase options for residents of all abilities and ages to lead a healthy and active lifestyle. 
So rezoning the use to the general business district to accommodate uh, the addition of the restaurant to the existing um, golf facility would be in conformance with the goals and actions listed in Plan 2040. And therefore, staff is recommending approval of the rezoning request and uh, forwarding it to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval based on the findings in the staff report. And um, that concludes my presentation. I believe the applicant is here today and um, they provided me with a graphic they may want me to share as they're speaking. I have a graphic they may, they've asked that I will put up if they ask me to. So I'll be happy to answer any questions if you have any for me. Thank you, Mary. Much appreciated. David Carter, Chair. I believe uh, Mr. Bury, is it? Uh, would you care to say a few words about this and follow up on uh, Mary's presentation? Thank you, and all the commissioners and staff. Um, I'm Jeff Bury. I am the um, president and operating uh, shareholder for Twin Oaks Golf, and I was um, involved in um, building Twin Oaks in 1991. Um, I just want thank you for uh, considering this request. I just wanted to give you a little background as to some of the things that Twin Oaks has done uh, with our community, um, Douglas County, Lawrence, Eudora, uh, all the surrounding communities. Um, we have done numerous things with uh, the school system of Eudora, Baldwin, uh, Tonganoxie, uh, Lawrence, um, golf teams practice here, we have uh, tournaments here, we have fundraisers here. Um, we've had um, supported the community in numerous ways with charitable tournaments, uh, the biggest being, of course, a few years ago when um, Marty Schottenheimer, George Brett, and Roy Williams um, opened the, um, the, the Wakarusa Pitch and Platt practice course, and we had about 4,000 people here, and um, raised quite a bit of money for Children's Mercy Hospital and Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and George Brett's uh, pick uh, ALS. Um, we um, have a great relationship with the University of Kansas. Uh, we teach uh, KU uh, credit, one-hour credit class, uh, HESC 108 golf. Uh, we run numerous first tee programs. Matter of fact, I just left a group of 16 uh, nine to 12 year olds uh, to come for this call. And um, we are real proud to say we're a great part. We think we're a great part of the community. Um, we had an existing uh, uh, miniature golf course that uh, we made into a miniature real golf course. Uh, it's called the Wakarusa Pitch and Putt, which Tom Watson, uh, some of you may be familiar with Tom Watson, the great Kansas City uh, golf professional. He's come over here numerous times and when we're doing junior programming and has fully endorsed our little miniature real golf course, the Redbridge Wheelings. Um, oh, I could go on and on, but I just want to thank you all for considering this. And um, I think the, um, the county, the cities uh, surrounding Lawrence and will all benefit from um, this approach Approved um, change. Um, this is only change. Um, I think it would be a great amenity for the city, wholesome outside, um, great recreation. And um, finally, thank you for your consideration. If you have any questions, I'll be glad to address them. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bury, David Carter, Chair. Uh, we may very well have questions, uh, so thanks, thanks for your time. Um, at this point, I'll turn it over to members of the public who might wish to say a few words. Uh, forgive me, um, uh, Commissioner Sinclair. Sorry, 
uh, Luke Sinclair Planning Commission. Point of order, uh, Mr. Chair. I think uh, Matt Goff is on the on the line oh, here as counsel me, for the applicant. Thank you, thank you, uh, Luke. Um, Mr. Goff, forgive me, please, uh, uh, if you wish to speak. Chairperson Carter, Planning Commissioners, good evening. I'm Matt Goff with Barbara Emerson Law Firm. I represent Stripes LLC. Randy Towner is the manager of Stripes LLC. If you recognize his name, it's because that Randy is the longtime or was the longtime uh, head PGA professional at Alvamar Golf Course before accepting a similar role at Firekeeper in Mayetta. So Randy has joined this evening. <clears throat> uh, Stripes is under contract to purchase Twin Oaks from Jeff Bury and his company. Uh, Jeff did a great job. Uh, uh, the only regret I have is I have to follow that now. <laughs> uh, but I, I was just going to say that Twin Oaks has been in existence since 1991. It's had lights on it since 1991. We don't have any knowledge of any complaints about Twin Oaks since it opened in 1991. We have all the approvals that we need to continue operating the driving range and the golf course and the mini golf facilities. Uh, the request before you this evening is truly limited to the new building with the indoor outdoor hitting uh, bays and, and only because we'd like to include a very limited uh, restaurant, kind of a, um, I wouldn't call it a snack bar, but because of the water limitations, we can't have a full commercial kitchen by any means. Um, but it means that we can at least provide you a site plan for review that uh, would show the location of the building and, and provide a little more specifics about where the building is and, and the use after it's built. The ultimate goal is for Twin Oaks to be a place that families can enjoy into the future. Uh, it's a limited expansion to an existing commercial use. Uh, this new building won't increase the amount of light that escapes the golf course. We don't anticipate that there be any more traffic, especially to the south. We do expect that it'll function much the same as it has for decades. Uh, we agree with the staff's finding that this application conforms to the goals and the action steps in Plan 2040, that the project conforms with the surrounding land uses, that it's compatible with the area, it's well suited for this use, that with appropriate design, it'll have no detrimental impact on nearby properties, that denying this application would result in no gain to the public health, safety, or welfare, and we're not taking any ag land out of production. Uh, the Eudora Planning Commission recommended approval and Eudora really has an interest in seeing Twin Oaks succeed because this development really complements what Eudora wants to do at the former Nottingham school site just, uh, just east up the road. Uh, Mr. Beery's done an amazing job at Twin Oaks. You really won't find a better place for people, especially kids, to learn the game and practice. He mentioned the things that he's doing, so I won't repeat those. Um, Mr. Towner wants to make Twin Oaks better, but he's not trying to change it. Um, you did receive a, an email today from Rob and Cheryl Haney. Um, Mary, if you have that attachment, this is, um, I guess, the, the graphic I was intending to show you. They live about a half a mile away to the south and to the east. Uh, their residence is separated from Twin Oaks by a thick band of trees. So there you can see the image taken today from the parking lot at Twin Oaks, looking south to southeast, and then scrolling down a little bit, you can see uh, the aerial photograph taken from the county website that has a ruler on it that, that shows the distance. And that, if you can kind of notice the Wakarusa River in the middle and those trees, the area 
of those trees and the river using the, the area function on the county website, by my math, came out to about 25 acres. And that area itself is bigger than Twin Oaks at 22 acres. Um, so I, I thought some context might be helpful to show the orientation from those two properties. Um, as I mentioned, the, the use of Twin Oaks won't change, nor will the intensity of the use. If anything, the new building would reduce the level of light and noise coming from Twin Oaks because some of those golfers will be hitting from inside a building and out onto the driving range. And because any new lights that we add are probably gonna be attached to that one story building and not elevated in the sky. Um, the other thing that, that Mary mentioned is the fact that we're, we're limited in what we can do based on the fact that we have a septic system and we have a, a water well. Um, so I, uh, I think that if you compare the difference between what Twin Oaks is today and what it would be after this is done, there's really no material negative impact on any of the neighbors. Uh, I do appreciate Mary Miller's work in helping us evaluate this. She did put us in touch with the Kansas Department of Agriculture and the Lawrence Douglas County Health Department. And she helped us check boxes for ourselves that we need to know to, to determine that the project is feasible. So we concur with their staff report and her recommendation for approval. I'm pleased to stand for questions that you may have. Mr. Towner is available to answer questions as well. Thank you very much, Mr. Goff, uh, David Carter Chair. Um, and, uh, and, and we may very well have questions for you uh, or Mr. Towner. Um, and unless Mr. Towner wishes to, wishes to speak as well, um, I'll go ahead and go to uh, members of the public who may want to speak on this item. I don't believe um, the Haney's are here, but if there are any other members of the public, please. I, this is Cheryl Haney. I am oh, here. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Ms. Haney. Um, I'll go ahead and um, let you speak. You have uh, three minutes, ma'am. Hi, this is Cheryl Haney. I live directly south of the golf course, and I am opposing this petition based on several factors, taxes, lighting, land usage, and the traffic, and the bridge, and the 1900 road. It They have already, they have already, the, the county has already tried to shore up both sides of the bridge, but it's eroding again. And I have had multiple issues when driving into Eudora or Lawrence with people from the golf course pulling out in front of me or going into the golf course pulling out in front of me. So that's, that's my take on it and everything I have is written in the email that I sent to Mary this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Haney. Um, David Carter Chair, do we have any, if we have any other members of the public, just ask you to raise your hands and I will ask Kyle to please inform us if we have any other speakers. I'll tell you with planning. We don't have anybody in the room to speak on this item. I do see one hand has gone up it's a phone number ending in 1062. Ms. Haney, was that, was that you? 
Yes, that's me. I, yes, that is me. I'm sorry. I hit the wrong number. No worries. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, if there are another members of the public, I guess I will give, um, I know um, Mr. Goff uh, or um, Mr. Sorry, Mr. Bury. Um, I know uh, Mr. Mr. Goff, you, you um, um, spoke uh, already about the email previously, but uh, under our bylaws, you do have the opportunity to uh, address um, uh, Ms. Haney's comments. Did you have anything in addition that you wanted to say? Thank you, Commissioner Carter, for the opportunity. I, I don't have anything new to add, but would be pleased to answer any questions. Thank you very much. Um, with uh, David Carter Chair, with that, I'll turn it over to the other commissioners for um, questions to the applicant or to staff or to Ms. Haney. Um, I guess uh, I'll just uh, begin by asking uh, Mr. Bury about the services uh, you know that you expect to be provided at the restaurant. It, 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 as a club, do you have like a membership? Do do people um, uh, who you expect to be serving at this restaurant will they be members, or do you expect to see an increase you know in service based on the additional uh, the addition of the restaurant? Um. Jeff Beery here. Um, Mr. Counter may be better uh, in answering this, but I would say we do not have uh, memberships per se. We do offer packages uh, for using some of the amenities where they're discounted. Um, we have min minimal um, uh, sales right now. We do bottled water and uh, pop soda and um, sometimes snacks but basically that's it um with the um i think mr counter maybe better puts the talk about the um plan the restaurant plan or the snack bar upscale snack bar plan Thank you, Mr. Beery. David Carter, Chair, and just to clarify, Mr. Towner, I'm just trying to understand, especially in, in, um, in response to Ms. Haney's concern about increased traffic and things like that, whether you, um, whether this, um, this uh, snack bar, this restaurant is being designed to increase demand to the, uh, to the club or if it's meant to be servicing uh, the existing membership. This is Randy Towner. It, it will be uh, to service the membership. Uh, we are basically, it would be a golf snack bar uh, to where people can come in and enjoy. We uh, will apply for a liquor license, but it's not a bar. It's a uh, just a service uh, to our golfing members. Thank you, Mr. Towner. David Carter, Chair. Uh, other questions from commissioners? Commissioner Ashworth. Commissioner Ashworth, just a quick question. Will the hours of the, because of the restaurant, will the hours of the facility be expanded at all? This is Matt Goff. The hours of operation are going to be the same as they are today. Uh, I think that under the current approvals, uh, the lights have to go off at 11. That would still be the case. So I don't know that there'd be any expansion of the Hours of operation, the only difference perhaps is that if you have an indoor-outdoor hitting range, you can use the facilities in more weather conditions, uh, colder weather, 
so it might see a little more use in the wintertime. Thank you, Mr. Goff. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Ashworth, did you have any other questions related to that? Okay. Um, any other commissioners? Commissioner uh, Sinclair. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Uh, question for, um, I guess, either Mr. Goff or Mary. Um, when this property was uh, sort of auto rezoned to AG1 um, with the county zoning and land use regulations, were, were restaurant uses permitted on whatever the zoning was before that auto rezoning? It had been zoned, you know, just A for agriculture. And then this, uh, you know, we have more uses. So the golf facility was considered a recreational facility, which is what reception halls and everything fell under. It was just a big umbrella use. It did allow snack bars, concession stands, things like that. So that might have been allowed under the former zoning. Now, if they wanted to sell alcohol, it did not allow liquor sales. So if they wanted a liquor license, that would have required the rezoning. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Sinclair, any other follow-ups? Not on that. Thank you. Okay. Other commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Shanklin. You are Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Um, I, I'm wondering, I guess this is a question for Mary. Um, is there an alternative approach available to us here that would not go to the lengths of recharacterizing this property as general business, but rather as an exception to an agricultural use, uh, whether by um, you know special use or conditional use? Um, I, I'm it, it just personally opposed to losing that ag land, and I think it's incorrect and stated in terms of inventory because it does in fact come out of our total supply. So is, is there some way to permit this use? Because the you know, driving range sounds fine, the snack bar sounds fine, but I don't like the idea of, of anything along K-10 there really being characterized as general business because open recreational is fine under those circumstances, but we shouldn't be going beyond that. It would not be the possibility of doing this with a conditional use permit unless we did a tax amendment. And um, we would have to add the rec the restaurant or the snack bar use back as a conditional use. I don't know if legally we could put the liquor, the sell of liquor back as a CUP. I'd have to talk with the county counselor. I know it wasn't there before, but that's the only way I see that we could do something like that would be to do a tax amendment to revise the uses that are allowed in the ag district with the CEP, which would then open that up to all the ag district. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Commissioner Shankman, David Carter Chair. Other questions from commissioners? Commissioner Sinclair. All right, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Um, Mary, question for you again. I think you'd referenced earlier that if there was a change in use in the future, it, there'd have to be uh, another assessment or review as to impact on environmentally sensitive lands. And I've noticed, I mean, one of the, I think, concerns is like the long-term effect of a rezoning like this. Um, and we've talked about those sorts of things before, but there are other uses on the use table under general business that are of concern, I think, in terms of maybe impacts on environmentally sensitive lands. Are those, it, I guess, if if the use has changed to anything other than restaurant or whatever, 
there will need to be a review um, of whatever impacts there might be. Can you confirm that? Yes, that is true. Um, in the zoning regulations, we look at the impact environmentally sensitive lands when we do site plans or when we do conditional use permits. Those are things we look at. We usually create building envelopes or we just direct development to not encroach into the environmentally sensitive land. So that's something we always identify. So if it was a site plan, it would go to the county commission. If it was a conditional use permit, it would come before you. But we would look at those environmentally sensitive lands and uh, work to keep the development out of it and to minimize any impact on it. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. I have a question for Mary. Um, what water district does this fall under and how close is the nearest um, county water line? I know currently it's on a well, um, but that, that, that question of, of water seems to be one of the, the factors that could potentially, at least at the moment, limit commercial growth. Yes, you're right. The, the water situation, it's definitely a limitation on commercial growth. It's not currently in a water district. When I pull up the water district map, this just isn't in any one service area. So I don't know if they could petition, you know, to add on to a water district or what that would involve. It has been this way since 1990. And with the golf facility, the condition was they had to bring in potable water and they did that. Now they can use the well water provided the Department of Agriculture approves it. But that does put a limitation. You know, you're not going to have a really intensive use that has a lot of water usage until you get a, a more reliable source of water. Uh, yes, Commissioner uh, Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Just a quick follow-up to that. So if this area itself isn't in a water district, are the, the homes that are to the south uh, along East 1900 Road, are those um, on wells or are those serviced by a, a rural water district? I'm afraid I'd have to pull up my map. I don't know that off the top of my head. I know the water That would be rural water. This is Cheryl Haney. That would be rural water. Thank you, Ms. Haney. David Carter, Chair. Um, uh, Commissioner Willie, did you have any uh, follow-up questions, or you, did you still want to hear back from uh, from Mary? Um, not at the moment. Thank you very much, um, David Carter, Chair. Other questions from commissioners? Um, I'd like to return to Commissioner Shanklin. Do you have any additional views on uh, looking for alternatives to the rezoning? Greg Shanklin, Commissioner. Um, only that I wish there were one. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, um, I, I'm opposed um, just on the basis that I don't think this should fall into general business under the slippery slope theory. I mean, we see time and again that um, a use like this begets another use that's similar, and ultimately you do lose ag inventory. Um, and whether or not you want to characterize it as total supply or just inventory. Um, so, yes, I wish there were an alternative to answer your question. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin. David Carter, Chair. Other, other commissioners? Commissioner Carpenter, you look like you might want to say something. Well, Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. I've just been looking through the <clears throat> use table to get a better idea of what else is possible 
given the limited water. And I think there are some that are, I think would be entirely inappropriate. I'd hate to see this turn into a mini storage area. That one doesn't need water, but uh, most of them on here need water <clears throat> or you know, intensive use of water, some of them. So it is limited in what can happen here. But as we know from the past, anytime we open up the door to a commercial or business use anywhere, then the next thing we're gonna see is the next lot over. And it's adjacent to that. And here we go, we're starting to move through the farmland. This, um, Commissioner Shanklin is showing as a concern. And I think this is an awful lot to approve possible uses for, for a snack bar. So I'm, I have some problems with that. <clears throat> Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. David Carter, Chair. Other commissioners wish to express their views on this? Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner, I want to echo what we're hearing from other commissioners. I have no problem with the snack bar or restaurant uh, use of, you know, that will help the golf course thrive and be a part of the community as it has been. I'm just struggling with, with jumping all the way to general business. I just would like to see us explore or have staff explore um, any other possible way that we can get there without having 22 acres that we zone to business in an area that we're not ready to commit for, for business property. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. Um, I'm gonna turn that over to Jeff uh, or to staff and ask, um, you know, what, uh, aside from, um, maybe a text amendment would be the only, um, the only way forward. Can you, can you think of any other, any, uh, uh, any other approaches that, that are open to us this evening? I mean, it seems like there's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mary, was that, were you gonna speak? No, please go ahead. Mary Miller, planner. There is another alternative. We do conditional zoning in the county. If you felt there were uses in that district that uh, are not suitable, we can always restrict them with conditional zoning. In my opinion, this location seems appropriate for business uses, being at the intersection of a principal arterial and a highway, and the fact that it's not agricultural land, but it's totally possible to weed out those uses that we would not want to see there. You know, and... Um, limit those and we can do conditional zoning. Thank you, Mary. David Carter Chair, uh, just uh, in response to that, is that a is that something that we could make a motion to approve this evening or would that require the applicant going back and reapplying under a different uh, protocol? I'm Mary Miller, city county planner. It's something you could do this evening. It's uh, not a change in the zoning per se. It's a uh, kind of going to a lesser lesser intensity kind of a zoning where you're restricting uses, you're not adding uses or becoming more intense. So it's very similar to using the lesser change table um, without doing that. If you felt there were uses that you definitely did not feel were appropriate in this location at any time, we could restrict those easily with conditional zoning. Um, I think it'd be good to have a list or have a discussion with the applicant as you work through that. Of course. It totally would be possible. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Um, Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Uh, just a question if this is a possible tool. I think likely it isn't. I know we tend to not like 
uh, and move to correct mixed zoning within a, a property, but would this be an appropriate time to say, we don't want 22 acres of general business, but the envelope around the buildings, is that a consideration? So that's, I don't even know if that's a tool available to us. It's a question for Mary. Mary Miller Planner, um, I think it may be possible. I'd probably defer to Jeff to see if this is something he would recommend, but I know we have split zoning, so it may be something that we could do. Craig, Planning and Development Services Director, situations like that may arise a spot zoning or another item in there. I would not advise it at this moment, I would say, without knowing, having more research and having time to study that a little bit deeper. I, I could not advise it at this moment. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Um, I'd like to ask Commissioner Sands if you'd like to speak. I think you had your hand raised. Yeah. Um, does the um, does the indoor sports or recreation facility that's an that's an unauthorized use in Ag One? Is that needed in order for them to? Could, I feel like we're we're a little wrapped around the axle on the snack bar aspect of it. And I really think the heart of this project is the covered driving range bays. So is is the indoor sports or recreation facility use needed for them to move forward with the with the driving range bays? I think that's a question for Mary. Mary Miller, City County Planner. I don't believe that it is, you know, indoor sports implies that the sport is all done indoors. In this case, you're just standing under a cover. So we would still see that as outdoor sports and recreation. So, so really just to clarify, I, okay, maybe I was the one who was uh, fixated on the, so, so really it is the, the ability to serve some sort of food. Correct. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. Um, David Carter Chair, I, I, I think in order to move forward constructively, we need to follow Mary's advice to actually have you know, a list of uses, which requires some deliberation. But I think we also need to turn this back over to the applicant and, um, and get a reaction to um, you know, what you're hearing here, because it seems like um, there's, there's not there's not an objection, even an, not even an implicit objection to the services that you're um, that you're proposing to provide. The difficulty that seems to be emerging among a, a number of, uh, of commissioners are the implications. You know that this goes with the land, and that you know whatever the future of this um, of this uh, use is, um, ten years, you know, twenty years back you've created you've created a an anchor a seed for other commercial development which will you know eat into agricultural land and cause you know further issues for your neighbors um i, I guess i would just ask uh, would you be open to this direction of a conditional zoning for the particular use that you're uh, applying for here tonight Chairperson Carter, this is Matt Goff. The request before you is specific. We want to build a building that allows indoor-outdoor golf with a, you know, nice snack bar that can serve all manner of beverages. The, the restaurant element of this is the one and only reason we need GB. And it's the Douglas County Code that says we have to go there to get it. Uh, we're just trying to comply with the code. Any subsequent use 
apart from this use would undergo the full site plan procedure, including public hearings and comments. You have opportunities in the future to prevent any use that you deem to be inappropriate. Um, the same way you have the opportunity to deny any rezoning of adjacent property that actually would take ag land out of production or which isn't today a commercial use. So I understand the statement that jumping to GB is a big jump. I had the same wonderment myself if one of you would have that question. And I, I, so I'm not surprised it came up, uh, but I, I concur with the staff. I think you have ample procedures in your code to make sure that someone doesn't force you into a, an intense use that you don't want. I don't think that's a problem that Douglas County's had. I don't think it'll be a problem in the future. The question of whether we would look at a conditional use, I mean, again, it's a specific request. So we're not going to fight real hard to have the ability to put a, uh, you know, landfill uh, or a boat RV storage. You know, there's some very, you know, general manufacturing that's not permitted. But yeah, so I think there's opportunities there. I, I don't know in our case whether we feel like you need it from us to assure you that we're not going to do that. Uh, and again, there's no water. Some of it's in floodplain. There's no sewer. Uh, if you were ever going to make a more intensive water use, you'd have to get away from the septic system and you'd have to have a lagoon. A lagoon on a driving range is not the kind of water hazard we really want. So we're going to try real hard to keep the septic in place, which means it's the same kind of water use like a store four bedroom house would have. Uh, so that's what we have and that's where we are. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we want your approval. We would like to proceed and we would like to participate in the process to get there. Thank you very much, Mr. Goff. Um, I, uh, David Carter chair, um, I'd like to turn this over to other commissioners. This is kind of a, an emerging discussion. So please, um, uh, perhaps, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to call any uh, specific uh, commissioners, but I, I would like, um, yeah, Commissioner Carpenter, please. I just, uh, Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner, I just have a question for Mary. Could you run us through the county procedures for site plan approval and where the public has a chance to input, have an input? Yes, our site plan process was revised with our 2020 zoning regulations. Previously, um, neighbors had no notification. They were usually just surprised when a building went up next door. And so now it's got the same notification that you have in the city. Uh, signs are posted. We, uh, the applicant has to mail out notification to uh, property owners within a half a mile. And um, those are the notification processes. If the public contacts planning office, we let them know when it's scheduled for the county commission meeting. And uh, we recently did one for McFarland Aviation and neighbors did have concerns. So they provided them to us. We relayed them on to the applicant and they addressed those issues. They made changes to their plans. So it, I think it's working pretty well. As far as a use, um, it's kind of hard not to permit a use that's allowed in the district, but you can look at the size, the scale and the impact, you know. And so if someone wants a very small use, a lot of times that's compatible with other areas. You want a really large like a very plastic type of use, um, it's easy to say that structure is not compatible. So basically, it's not the uses so much as whether or not they are compatible with the area and the rural character. Thank you, Thank you Mary. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. Um, 
Commissioner Shanklin, I'm going to David Carter. Uh, Commissioner Shanklin, I'm going to return to you and get your get your feedback on the um, on the discussion, please. Greg Shanklin, Commissioner. Um, with all due respect to Mr. Goff, I do not agree that uh, we have enough control to exercise in the future to prevent uh, unwanted uses, and so I, I again still I you know regret that we don't have a nice convenient alternative that would permit them with the requested uses, but um, preserve the, the Ag-1 zoning. Um, so that's where I stand. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin. Um, Commissioner Ashworth. Uh, Sharon Ashworth Planning Commission. While I share the concern about jumping to GB um, general business for this property, um, I'm leaning towards just being satisfied with future reviews of activities and given the water limitations of the site. Um, I'm leaning towards being satisfied that that would take care of uses that we may not want 20, 30 years down the road um, for that property. I think this particular use could go on for quite a while, quite a number of years uh, as, it is, uh, as it is stated, as it is uh, promoted in the applicant application. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Willie, I believe you also wanted to speak. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Um, I did look up my maps and uh, it is within about a mile of uh, rural water district number four for Douglas County. So just, I, I, I know that there's an expense in, in extending a water line, but it's not outside of possibility that that could happen in the future. And it may be something that is wanted in the future, but I, I am more comfortable at this point um, looking into the possibility of the conditional zoning that allows um, a GB that can uh, support the, uh, the snack bar, um, possible liquor sales, but not, not, not a lot more than that or more intense than that even though I, I know uh, to Mr. Goff's point that there are controls in place in site planning and such uh, for anything that would move beyond that. But I, I would feel comfortable talking about that conditional zone. Thank you, Commissioner Willie, David Carter, Chair. Um, I'd like to ask um, uh, Jeff um, about our options this evening. Um, given the use table and the number of um, uses that would conceivably need to be discussed in order to arrive at a um, um, a uh, selection that is acceptable to a majority of the commissioners. Is deferral of this item an option, or is uh, or are we bound to make an up or down decision this evening? Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director, uh, Chair. The deferral is an option that is available given given the bylaws that you have. So yeah, deferral of the item is possible. I'm um, just kind of going down the list of the possible uses in there. There's there's quite a number of them there. It'd be, I believe, a little hard to do during the meeting. And also the applicant may want to take a look at those and see and, and ponder those prior to trying to give a decision on, on the meeting this evening. Excuse me, at the meeting this evening. My apologies. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair, I guess it, 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 at this point, I'd like to, we don't do this very often, but I think I'd like to get a, um, a, a verbal 
some some feedback from the commissioners to understand. I think we know where Commissioner Shanklin stands, um, but I'd like to get a clearer idea from other commissioners to see what sort of motion we would want to proceed with. Um, I think Commissioner Ashworth has made her her um, view uh, clear, but if we could just uh, have a, um, I'd just like to ask the commissioners to to speak up where where they stand. Uh, to see whether we might be able to go forward with a motion to accept this um, uh, or whether uh, whether deferral is a better option. Um, so I am going to start uh, with the vice chair, with Commissioner Sinclair. Thank you so much. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Um, I, uh, I think I align a little more with um, seeing if we can explore conditional zoning on this, though I'm not the biggest fan of conditional zoning. Um, I, I feel like I feel like there's got to be uh, some room to make this work uh, by striking some of the uses on the table. And, you know, I, I don't know with specificity, but like, you know, I'm looking at the use table now. And one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, from commercial uses on just striking everything except for a restaurant and, you know, the outdoor recreation um, and whatever else is needed to keep on here to make sure that the facility can keep operating. Uh, but that's just one possible thing. I think the ones above commercial uses are pretty limited, the residential and ag, uh, which should be appropriate anyways. But um, I agree. I think I agree with everyone that said that there's no problem with what is trying to be accomplished. It's just we're using a really big tool to accomplish a very small task and I, I have discomfort with that but man I, it'd be nice to be able to get this done tonight so that the the applicant doesn't have to um wait another cycle understood thank you commissioner sinclair um commissioner struckoff could i ask you to speak up of course if we defer this you very likely won't have another option to vote on it so apologies for that <laughs> Uh, Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff, uh, I am concerned about the large jump to general business for this, uh, but I do want to see this um, this facility flourish and grow um, as they as they see fit. Uh, so I would be interested in exploring um, a way that we can satisfy both our need to protect um, our ag interests in this county and make sure that this very worthwhile project can proceed. Um, if that's a, um, if that's a conditional zoning um, tool, then, then I'm willing to go that, that route. I am, I am, I'm torn on this one uh, between my wish to just see this, this facility continue and prosper and uh, my concerns that, uh, that I share with Commissioner Shanklin and others um, about the loss of, of ag and the possibility um, and, and the charge that we are, that we carry to consider the possibilities of future development uh, if we were to make a general business. And so um, I am very much interested in, in exploring whatever alternatives we have to uh, allow this applicant to proceed uh, as they wish. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter, Chair. I'm gonna ask uh, Commissioner Payton to speak up, please. Commissioner Payton, uh, I, I'm going more towards the conditional conditional zoning or or whatever i think it's a big leap to go from ag one to general business for this particular project thank you commissioner payden i think the other commissioners have uh spoken up um i guess i would just ask to um uh ask uh jeff again um 
about the likely timeline and what would be the next steps if we were to defer this item and ask uh, staff to work with the applicant on um, specific uses. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. We would work our hardest to get this on the next available agenda. Um, my internal calendar is failing me at the moment, but I'm hoping the... Okay. So we should be able to theoretically get it on and have it available for the July meeting at this moment. Um, that would be our hope to do. That's what we'd strive to do if that's the applicant's wishes. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. <clears throat> I'm not really clear on the process for conditional use zoning in the county. I'm pretty familiar with the city. And <laughs> And how we and how regimented that is, and when it can be used, and it's possible it might apply here if it's similar in the county. But I'm I'm hesitant about the conditional use process to increase. This is the one that I've always had problem with. With we create a, a change to a zoning district that allows more uses and knock out everything that we don't want. Those, those are the ones that we pretty much said we aren't doing in the city. Um, I'm curious if we defer this, if there could also be a conversation about a possible text amendment to allow these two requested uses of the snack bar and the alcohol sale as conditional use in Ag 1. And that would open it up because we have to apply it equally to everything in, this, in a category so, and that would seem to be one route to go, and that way we'd be able to consider the individual application based on its location to other properties and everything else when we looked at a conditional use permit. So, if we're going to look at conditional use permit, I mean conditional zoning, I would request that any report that comes back to us go through the process in the county how it's different from the city or the same as the city. Um, and if it really doesn't match with the city, I'm going to have problems with it then. And also possibility of a text amendment just to make this a conditional use permit in Act 1. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. David Carter, check. Jeff, could we get your response to that, please? Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. Yes, certainly, we'd be happy to do the research on looking at both the text amendment and the conditional zoning aspect in relation to how the city's land development code looks like to the, the county zoning code on that one. And if I may, Mr. Chair, I, I misspoke earlier. I advanced a month in my mind uh, because the calendar was not working for me. I think I said July and I meant to say June. So my apologies for that confusion. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. I, I actually was thinking June when you said July, so I think we're on the same wavelength. Um, uh, Commissioner Willie, did you want to say something? I'm not sure if I saw your hand raised. You did. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. I just wanted to echo that I'm also very comfortable looking at the potential for a text amendment to make uh, restaurant sales and potential uh, liquor sales part of a conditional use permit option for for, for ag. So I'm not sure I'm ready to commit to that, but I'm certainly ready to look into that option. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Shanklin. Uh, Greg Shanklin, Commissioner. I, I also support the text amendment possibility. Uh, I think it goes hand in hand with 
you know, ag tourism notion. And, and I think that that's something that, uh, uh, you know, to the extent that we don't currently have that, we ought to be considering as a conditional use in Ag One. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin, David Carter Chair. At this point, I think we've had enough discussion that I would entertain a motion if someone has, uh, if someone is so inclined. Um, unless someone has more discussion they'd like to pro uh, propose. Would commissioners uh, prefer to raise any other additional points or raise uh, pr uh, present questions to the applicant or to staff? Commissioner uh, Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. I would make a motion. I just had to scroll and find the right place in the in the Fair document. Um, I move to approve. I move to um, defer the request to rezone approximately 22 acres from AG1 to GB district based on the findings presented in the staff report uh, for the consideration of alternative methods of achieving the same thing. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. Um, and I'd just like to check with um, with Jeff before we go to a second. Um, uh, Jeff, is that um, does that those instructions along with the deferral give us adequate uh, means to uh, continue the discussion. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. I believe so. We, we got a pretty good idea of the, the ask uh, the commission has put before staff and we will get to work on that one as, and get that back to you as fast as we can. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, do I have a second? Commissioner Carpenter, thank you. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Uh, do we have any further discussion before we call the roll? All right, Jeff, would you do the honors, please? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director, certainly. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Uh, before we move on, I do just want to thank Mr. Bury, uh, Mr. Goff, and Mr. Towner for uh, your patience in dealing with the process and look forward to seeing you again very soon. Um, with that, I'm going to move on to item two. Um, consider approving a conditional use permit for a vacation rental use at 144 North 1600 Road. And uh, Kyle, I believe you're presenting on this. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Kyle Kobe with Planning. Um, as you just said, this is an application proposing a conditional use permit for vacation rental use. The property is zoned Ag 1 Agricultural District, uh, and the existing use on the property is a detached dwelling. Surrounding area is mainly composed of detached dwelling and or agricultural uses, and the majority of the nearby area is also zoned either Ag 1 or Ag 2. No physical changes to the property are proposed with this application. The structure the proposed use would be located in is located in the center of the approximately 40-acre heavily wooded property. The applicant stated that their intent is to make the space available for rent to individuals or small groups every other week or so. The space would be available for rental. Um, the space that would be available for rental could most comfortably accommodate a family of five, but potentially as many as eight could be accommodated in the event that a larger family was interested. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Depending on demand and the applicant's schedule, some rentals may take place while the owner is away. Staff is recommending approval subject to the two conditions that are shown in the staff report. The first condition would be to place a 10-year time limit on approval, after which the applicant would need to request an extension uh, of the approval or it would expire. And the second condition clarifies that the vacation rental use is approved only for the interior of the existing structure. The intent of this is to prevent the property from being used as a campground or a different type of use and reduce any potential impacts on the surrounding properties. Um, that is all for my presentation. I see that the applicants are here tonight. I'd be happy to answer any questions and um, I don't know if they have some words they would like to say as well. Thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair. Um, uh, Mr. and Ms. Uh, Sundaraj, uh, would you care to add to Kyle's comments? <coughs> uh, no, Commissioner Carter, he said it very well. Uh, both Audrey and I, uh, and I go by Sam, Audrey and I, uh, very thankful to be living in uh, Douglas County. God brought us to Kansas in 1983 when I came with Bechtel Power Corporation to build the Wolf Creek Power Plant, and God's kept us uh, working for the state. People ask us, because we are from India, I grew up in a three-room three flat in New Delhi. Here we are living just ordinary me. We don't have any children yet, and our dog in the middle of 40 acres. And as I've told the planning people, uh, the day dawned and we said, and I work for FEMA right now. I work full-time for FEMA, and Audrey works for the University of Colorado. She's, uh, she used to be the nursing home director for the state of Kansas. Before five years ago, she switched to be uh, a subject matter expert working for the University of Colorado School of Medicine who are the contractors to CMS. So both of us very vested in regulations and processes that you all do. So totally respectful of things like that. Uh, and the only thing that drove us to this was uh, uh, we live in such an amazing piece of property. We've seen three mountain lions on our property. And we shared that with the Assistant Secretary of Wildlife and Parks, Dick Kurt. And we've got a picture of a little kitten, mountain lion kitten, uh, which was affirmed by, this, that's been 10, 15 years ago. And February 10th of this year, I looked up on my this thing. I was sitting here teleworking and I see this big bird, you know, the woodpeckers come to, to feed off of the, the, the sunflower seed that Audrey puts out. I said, but that's a big guy and he's going at it. First time since we've owned this property in 89, a pileated woodpecker. So when I think of Lawrence and our community, and I'm like, Rock Chalk Park, you know, if people come back to see KU for a home game or something, this would be a perfect place for them to just come and unwind. And we wanted to share it. So it's really not money driven as much as, and I'm not trying to sound noble or anything like that. It truly was our motivator and driver to want to share this really very pretty uh, parcel of land that God's blessed us with. So Kyle's nailed it and uh, uh, respect uh, their advice and uh, and everything that uh, has led us up to this point. But we are here if you have any questions. Certainly, thank mm -hmm. you, Mr. Sindaraj. Really appreciate your comments. Um, and we may, may have some questions and really appreciate your respect for process. Um, and um, with that, I will ask if there are any members of the public who wish to speak on this item. And if so, please just raise your hand digitally in Zoom. Or um, I, while that, while we wait for that, I'll also ask Kyle if there are any, uh, uh, if there's any members of the public in the commission chamber who might wish to speak. Kyle Kobe with planning. There are no individuals in the commission room to speak on this item, and 
I am deliberately going slow to give more time for a digital hand, but I do not see any at this point. Very good. Thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair, with that, I'll turn it over to the commissioners um, and uh, solicit questions for the applicant or for staff. Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. I have a question for Kyle. Um, it seems to me that short-term rentals used to be allowed by right in the old A district. Is that something that changed between A and A1 or am I just wrong? Kyle Kilby with planning. I think that there was some change that took place. I will be honest with you. I wasn't super familiar with the previous uh, Douglas County zoning code. So I might not be the expert on what did or did not change, but I do know that there's also a home occupation use that um, theoretically could be uh, employed. This particular use could not be used as a home occupation here, uh, so it requires the conditional use permit. So that may be um, what you are. I see that Mary's turned her video back on and is <laughs> diligently studying something. So I, I have a suspicion I know what that might be about. Mary planning. I believe the question was, would this use have been allowed by right in the A district prior to the changes to the zoning regulations? Is that the question? Yes. It would have been considered a boarding house. Um, we had a long-term long rooming, lodging, or boarding houses or similar uses, which caught everything. It would have taken a CUP under the old zoning regulations, too. We just gave it a better term. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Other questions from commissioners? Um, I guess I'll just, oh, forgive me. Go ahead, uh, Commissioner Carpenter. This is just a Jim Carpenter Planning Commissioner. Just a question about the past practice of review time limits on condition of use permits in the county. I mean, I've seen lots of them for five years to come back. How was 10 years arrived at in this particular one? Or is that the new standard we're using? Kyle Kobe with planning the 10 year time limit came from a project and I am blanking on what that case number was, but there was a case that came through a year or two back that included a similar kind of a use and that use, while there were some other uses associated with it, included the 10 year um, time limit. So that's where that, that's where the 10 years came from. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. The one thing I will add is most conditional use permits will have a 10-year lifespan, but they'll have a five-year review that will occur midway through it just to make sure compliance is good and just to see if there's anything that's gone on. Uh, but most will have the, the five-year review with the 10-year sunset at the end of it. Thank you. Thanks to both of you. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter, are you satisfied with that, or did you want to ask any questions about like the five-year review? Um, Jim Carver and Planning Commission, though, that was, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, because with the conditional use permits, the only thing that's going to be really re-examined in that review period is if there have been complaints that weren't responded to, and that's going to happen anyway. Um, so if there is misuse in any conditional use permit, I'm not implying this one would ever have any. I'm just saying in a... As, general fashion because we've had we have asked for shorter review periods on certain things where we had questions because of past 
um, behaviors of the corporation or the company and the number of complaints that went un, unanswered. So that's just where my question is coming from. So, I, you know, there are all types of ways that this will be reviewed without an absolute review date. So. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter, David Carter, Chair. Uh, further, further questions from uh, commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Struckoff. Um, I like this idea. Um, I like the idea of visitors, uh, even our visitors to Lawrence, having in a, a place like this out uh, in, in a rural location, especially a hilly wooded rural location, um, which I think uh, is a surprising uh, geographic feature of, of eastern Lawrence, uh, eastern Kansas to a lot of people who have never visited. Um, and I'm in support. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff, David Carter Chair. Um, uh, other commissioners wish to offer um, feedback, questions, or at this point, perhaps a motion. Uh, Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Um, I agree. Uh, if, if ever there were a location that would not bother the neighbors, the, the, the very center of a 40-acre parcel with trees all around would be the one. So I'm very much in favor. I'll let somebody else make the motion. Thank you, Commissioner Willie, Debbie Carter Chair. And I would just like to say, as someone who has spent a considerable time both in urban and rural parts of the Delhi area, I can appreciate the, um, uh, the difference between, uh, you know, a rural uh, respite versus city life. So uh, appreciate the, uh, the impetus and I, I'm in support of this as well. But anyone, uh, Commissioner Strakoff. Happy to make uh, Planning Commissioner Eric Strzokoff. I'd be happy to make a motion if there's no further discussion. It looks like the uh, the floor is yours. Uh, I move uh, that we approve the condition use for permit for a vacation use rental uh, at one forty four North sixteen hundred Road, uh, based on the findings of fact in the body of the staff report, and subject to the conditions one and two listed therein, and forward that to the Board of Planning Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Commissioner, several. I, I guess Commissioner Sinclair got his hand up first. Um, any further discussion before we read the roll? All right. Um, Jeff, could I ask you to do the honors, please? Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you, uh, Mr. and Ms. Sundaraj, and all the best. That brings us, uh, forgive, forgive me, David Carter, Chair. That brings us to item three. Consider approving a conditional use permit for an event center on approximately 20 acres at 2351 North 400 Road. Um, uh, and uh, Mary, I believe you're presenting on this. Mary Miller, City County Planner. And uh, as you mentioned, so I get this open. This is a conditional use permit application for uh, the event center at Enright Garden Center at 2351 North 400 Road. Um, the property is located in the southeast corner of Douglas County. It's highlighted here in greenish blue. There, uh, it's not in the urban growth area of any city. 
It's not within Baldwin City's three-mile area radius, the planning radius. It is, however, within a half a mile of Johnson County border. And therefore, we did get a property ownership list for Johnson County and provided them with mail notification, just like we did the Douglas County residents. Um, the uh, event center is located on the three parcels that contain the um, Enright Garden Center. The event center is actually only on the center parcel and it's highlighted here in yellow. The building with the event center is um, highlighted yellow and the associated garden to the north is just outlined. Um, the Enright Garden Center, uh, all the greenhouses there, they make up what's considered agriculture and that does not require any conditional use approval. They also do ancillary sales with these greenhouses. That's sale of products not raised on the property. Previously, that required a conditional use permit, uh, but with the 2020 revised zoning regulations, as long as the sale area is not over 500 square feet, it's allowed by right. So their ancillary sales do not require a conditional use permit. This application is only for the event center in the, in the center there. This shows the Enright Garden Center as seen from North 400 Road. This was just taken from uh, the Street View map from Google. This is the event center. They're looking at it from the south. And then to the north of the event center on the bottom, that is the garden area where a lot of ceremonies are held. CUPs were originally approved for this property in 2001. A conditional use permit was approved for those ancillary sales I mentioned. Prior to 2020, any ancillary sales required approval of a conditional use permit. That was approved in 2002 with a 10-year time frame. In 2009, a conditional use permit was amended to add the reception hall or the event center, and this was approved in March of 2010. However, the time frame was not extended at that time, although it probably should have been, and therefore the conditional use permit expired rather quickly. Um, the Zoning and Codes Office identified that this CUP had expired. They notified the applicant and they submitted this application um, in order to extend the time frame and to bring their, their use back into compliance with the zoning regulations. Uh, the property, the area contains Ag 1 and Ag 2 zonings. These are primarily differentiated by the size of the parcels. Uh, the CUP property is zoned Ag 2. Uh, land uses in the area are a mix of primarily agriculture uh, with farm residences. There are single family residences as well as quite a bit of woodland in the area. The stars designate the commercial uses. Um, the one on the right is the CUP that's before you tonight, and the one to the west is a winery with a tasting room that also has events. Um, they have smaller scale events than the one here that's being considered with the CUP. Uh, and again, we have the one mile area. We did not extend it into Johnson County as I don't have their land use information, but we look at the uh, area within one mile of the subject property. Um, no change is being proposed with this CUP. It's merely to allow the continuation of the previously approved event center. Um, therefore, it should be made compatible with the zoning and uh, with the character of the area. One thing I wanted to mention is this is actually a agritourism use. It meets the definition of agritourism, uh, which is agritourism meeting tourism or agriculture meeting tourism. And it would be able to be approved just through the agritourism registration, except for the fact that the um, size is too large. Once we get above a certain number of cars in the parking lot, it needs to go through the conditional use permit process. Um, 
dot to the west, the winery, that's smaller, and therefore it was able to be approved through this more streamlined agritourism process. Um, with the original CUP, there were conditions. There was no condition limiting outside amplification or the amplification of music, you know, outdoors or for lighting. And so we are recommending those. We're recommending that, um, as usual with many event centers, we put a prohibition on outdoor amplification of um, music or sound. However, that should probably be amended to continue to allow it in the garden where they have their ceremonies. So they do have ceremonial music in the garden. And then also the lights for the event center would be off whenever the center is not in use. And these are pretty standard conditions just to you know, minimize the impact on nearby properties. Um, other things we looked at is impact on natural environment. As the facility is already in place, um, approval of the CUP would have no impact on the natural environment. Um, no increase in occupancy is being proposed. Uh, the water district and the township did not express any concerns with the continued use of the property. Um, <clears throat> property owners in the area have expressed concerns with the maintenance and uh, dust palliative for North 400 Road with other projects that have come before you. However, as noted in the staff report, uh, this use is not the only use generating traffic on North 400 Road. Um, there is also, there are also agritourism activities to the east in Johnson County, and this is a route to um, other businesses in Johnson County. Therefore, it was a conclusion that it would not be equitable to require this use to pay for the dust palliative on the road. However, this is something that county staff is going to look into and see if there's some means to allow agritourism and conditional uses to um, share in the cost of dust palliative fairly. A time limit, we are recommending a 10-year time limit, and that's so that the use and the compatibility can be reevaluated um, with the land as it's uh, possibly developed in the future to make sure it is still compatible. We look at the suitability to the uses to which it's restricted. It's suitable to the uses allowed in the Ag2 district. It's also suitable for the conditional use permit that's being requested, um, especially since it's um, been operating with that conditional use permit for several years. We look at the compliance with the comprehensive plan. Um, on page five, the plan recommends uh, the conservation, protection, and promotion of our rural recreation and open spaces, as well as our growing agritourism opportunities. And as I mentioned, this does meet the definition of agritourism. It's just that the scale is too large uh, to be registered to the simple agritourism registration. Uh, minimizing agricultural land conversion. This is already developed at the event center and garden, so there'd be no conversion of agricultural land. Uh, the plan is pretty simple. It's just documenting the existing situation. Uh, with 2020 revised zoning regulations, the side setbacks were increased and the parking requirements were revised. Uh, so we reviewed that to ensure that it was compliant and it is compliant with the current zoning regulations. And so staff is recommending approval of this conditional use permit and forwarding the application to the county commission with a recommendation for approval. I believe the applicant is present. But I'll be happy to answer any questions if you have any for me. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Do we have the applicant uh, who'd like to say anything to follow up on Mary's comments? We're just here to answer any questions. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, I see. In in the in the commission chambers. Very good. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, 
David Carter Chair. Um, are there any members of the, sp uh, the public who would uh, care to speak on this? If so, please raise your hands digitally, or uh, if there's anyone else in the, in the commission chambers, uh, Kyle, could I ask you to report on whether there's anyone who's uh, appearing to want to speak on this? I know we had one letter. Kyle, Kobe with planning. Um, the only folks that are in the room with us tonight are the applicants, and um, I don't see any other digital hands going up, at least at this time. All right. Uh, with that, then, uh, thank you, uh, Kyle, David Carter, Chair. With that, I'll go ahead and turn this over to the commission uh, for questions to the applicant or to, uh, to staff. Um, Commissioner Sinclair, did I see your hand go up? Okay. Indeed, Luke Sinclair. Very good. Please go ahead. Sorry, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. A question for Mary. Um, can, well, two questions, I guess. The first is, uh, what was the reason for letting this lapse? Was it just an oversight? Is that why it's in a reinstatement and not a renewal? And then secondly, have there been any compliance issues that we should know about? Right. The lapsing was um, pretty much an oversight. When the uh, CUP was approved, it should have had a, the time frame extended. You know, it expired only two years after being approved, and that's a very short time frame. I don't believe the applicant was aware that it was going to expire. I don't think zoning and codes even considered it. They looked through the files this year, you know, to see what was expired, and when they discovered it had, they notified the applicant. And, Ty, um, what was your second question? Uh, Luke Sinclair Planning Commissioner, whether or not there have been any compliance issues. Mary Miller, County Planner, or City County Planner. No, there have been no compliance issues related with this project. Thank you, Mary. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Other questions from commissioners? Um, I, I guess I have one question, Mary, and that is for the 2010 CUP. Did that also have an expiration date? Was that also a 10-year term? And Mary Miller Planner, that was the uh, oversight. There was no expiration date listed on that. It didn't list open, you know, open-ended. It didn't list an expiration date. So actually the 2001, which was approved in 2002, that's the expiration date that covered Understood. the whole CUP. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Um, I was, I'll, and I'll just uh, clarify, I was just adding 10 to 2010 and wondering if that one also had expired in 2020. Uh, so thank you for clarifying that it had not. Um, um, other, other commissioners wish to ask any questions? Commissioner Shanklin. Greg Shanklin, planning commissioner. Um, I, having driven out there, it seems every other month for another one of our matters to review. Um, I, you know, I, I personally am uncomfortable driving at the designated rate of speed on 400 Road and wonder what it's like when 90 cars are trying to pack into that place in an hour. And I, I understand dust control, but is that road really designed to support the use here? Um, that's a question for Mary. I, maybe it's rhetorical, but um, I am curious. So, uh, Mary, city county planner, uh, with a lot of agritourism uses, you are on county roads that 
may not be appropriate for the size. Uh, the county engineer didn't indicate that he had concerns. I myself don't know how the road should be designed to handle the traffic, so I rely on them. Thank you, Mary. Um, David Carter, Chair. Uh, Greg, uh, excuse me, Commissioner Shanklin, did you have uh, a follow-up question? Okay. Um, other commissioners, other questions? Uh, I mean, from, from my point of view, uh, it, this looks pretty straightforward, especially with the observation there have been no compliance issues. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned with the implications of a CUP that was, you know, expired for, uh, for more than, for more than 10 years, uh, before anyone noticed it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sensitive to, to Commissioner Shanklin's, um, uh, question about traffic and, and particularly safety, but, um, aside from, uh, the single letter we received, um, there doesn't seem to be any public opposition, any, any negative feedback from neighbors. Um, I'm inclined to support this, but I'm open to other, other questions, observations from commissioners. Commissioner Willie, I'm curious uh, whether you might have any, any questions or anything that you wish to share. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. No, I'm I'm comfortable with the that the use has been existing on this property for a long time. We don't have a, a record of difficulties with it, and I think this is kind of a, a clean up, get them back in compliance from a an oversight that was made long, long ago. I don't have any difficulties with it. Thank you, Commissioner. David Carter, Chair. Any other questions from commissioners? Or, yeah, forgive me, Commissioner Struckoff, I lost you in my normal frame up here. Please. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff, I've just been cut off from my, uh, by my computer apparently, so I joined my phone. Uh, I share Commissioner Willie's um, thoughts on the matter. Um, I'm comfortable with this, with this application. It's more, I think it's more of a house clean, housekeeping item. And um, uh, I, I think that uh, the use can continue um, as, as it has so far. Thank you, Commissioner Strokoff, David Carter, Chair. Um, Commissioner Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. I think one thing that speaks in the favor of the applicant is the fact that it did go so long before it was caught, which means that it didn't generate complaints. Um, so I guess I'm pretty much in favor of it. <clears throat> Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. Um, uh, David Carter Chair, if there are no other questions, concerns from uh, commissioners, uh, I'd also entertain a motion. Commissioner Ashworth. Um, Sharon Ashworth, Planning Commissioner, I can make a motion. Um, I move that Planning Commission recommend approval of the conditional use permit and forwarding the conditional use permit for an event center to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval based on the findings noted in the staff report and subject to the following conditions one through six listed in the application. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Uh, Commissioner Sinclair. Uh, thank you. Any other, any further discussion? 
Oh, Commissioner Sinclair, was that not a second or did you actually have a comment? Uh, sorry, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. I'd be happy to second, but I think we just need to amend the music condition to allow mu ceremonial music in the garden. Thank you for that observation. Commissioner uh, Ashworth, uh, would you care to amend your, your motion? Uh, amend as stated, Chair Ashworth, Planning Commission. Uh, amend the, the motion to account for, I think one of the conditions was no amplified music um, uh, uh, for outside events. And um, there was the observation that we, uh, it, we should exempt um, ceremonial amplification for, for, for outside events. Um, forgive me. <laughs> Sharon Ashford Planning Commission, I amend my motion to allow ceremonial music as an amendment to condition six. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. And I'm just going to stop for a moment and, and return to Mary, whether that um, accounts for um, the, uh, the observation you were making during your presentation. Mary Miller, City County Planner. Yes, that takes care of it. Thank you. Very good, thank you. Um, and uh, David Carter, forgive me. Forgive me, Jeff, go ahead. To recommend approval subject to the conditions with number six being changed for the outdoor music. Was that correct? Chair National Planning Commission, correct. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, Mr. Sinclair, would you do you still want to second that motion? Sinclair Planning Commissioner, yes, I second the motion. Thank you. Um, any further discussion? All right. Um, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Uh, Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. That brings us to our final item of the evening. Item number four, consider approving a request to rezone approximately 25 acres from Ag 1 and Ag 2 to clustered preservation at uh, 981 East 1549 Road. And I believe Mary is presenting on this. Mary Miller, City County Planner. As you mentioned, this is a rezoning request from the Ag 1 and Ag 2 districts to the CP Cluster Preservation District for approximately 25 acres. It's located at 981 East 1549 Road. The location is shown here in black. It's at the very southern boundary of the Lawrence Urban Growth Area. And there's a little bit of background for this property. It's very unique in that it is platted. The yellow figure on the left graphic shows the platted lots. It was platted as Ann Tallum subdivision in 1996. But um, at that time, properties were required to rezone to the A1 district, suburban 
rural, rural suburb, suburban home residential district. Um, but this was not required to rezone first. And the reason is uh, because of the private road. And in um, 1549 is a private road which serves four properties. In 1978, private roads were allowed. There was a resolution that allowed private roads, but limited them to serving only three properties. And in 1998, private roads were prohibited. Well, this was approved in 1996. And in the minutes, the Board of County Commission minutes, which are included with your packet, they noted there was an error. So evidently, four properties were allowed with a private road. And the County Commission took steps to rectify this. And things they did was, one, they allowed them to plat without rezoning. And with that, they had to put the private road into a tract so it doesn't cross each individual property. It's in its own tract, and this land will be dedicated as right-of-way whenever the land is further divided. They also did a text amendment to the zoning regulations. It was a very limited text amendment. It was going to have a sunset for the end of that year, and it was specifically to address this issue. It allowed four houses on a private road, and so they made it very very strict and specific, so it only applied to this situation. So now we have these properties. There's four on a private road. Um, they were platted. They were not rezoned. Had they rezoned to the A1 district, that would have automatically have converted to the CP or Cluster Preservation District. Um, since it was not rezoned, we need to look into the rezoning now separately, as the property owner would like to further subdivide the property. <clears throat> they would like to divide lot four into... Um, lots that are smaller than 20 acres. And so therefore we are looking at the rezoning to the cluster preservation district, which would be the district that would accommodate these small lots. And lot three is actually non-conforming in its current ag two zoning and would require CP to be conforming. And the, the figure on the right is just the figure of the two lots in question. Uh, the staff report just provided a staff produced concept plan. The applicant did provide concept plans after the publication of the staff report showing various options for how the 40% future development area could be um, set aside. Um, the two figures on the right show that it may be necessary to reduce the number of lots that can be created once you set aside that future development area. But it does show that it would be possible. The zoning in the area is a mix of, of CP, there's cluster preservation. Um, to the west of the subject property, this is land that was divided fairly recently with a certificate of survey. And to the right, the CP zoning, which is shown in the hatch marks, uh, was divided before 2006 with a plat. Um, the remainder of the area is agricultural, um, with the Ag2 zoning being for the smaller parcels. The land uses in the area are also primarily agriculture and residential. The proposed rezoning to the CP district would be compatible with the zoning and land uses in the area. Looking at the character of the area, this is that one mile area that we typically look at. The subject property is marked with an X and you can see land divisions. Um, ones that were made through the exemptions, the five acre exemptions are not marked. They're just shown with the light blue lines. Areas that are highlighted with blue lines they were platted prior to the uh, adoption of the 2006 zoning regulations, and the dark ones with the double lines were divided through certificates of survey. And the area contains a mix of agricultural and residential land uses. 
the southern portion of the area, which is outside the urban growth area, contains primarily um, agricultural land and uh, scattered residential rural residences. Uh, the area within the urban growth area, particularly along the southern portion of North 1000 Road, is pretty heavily developed with residences. Um, this could be primarily because of the um, proximity to the higher classification road network. East 1500 Road is an extension of Haskell Avenue, which provides a direct route to the north to K10 Highway. And that may explain the reason why there's so much development in this area. And so the proposed land division and residential development would be compatible with the uh, character of the area. Uh, there are no adopted area plans, no adopted long-range area plans. Therefore, the comprehensive plan is the guiding document. Uh, the suitability to uses to which these lands are restricted, uh, the northern lot is zoned Ag 2, which allows agriculture and residential. It's suitable to those uses. It is smaller than is the minimum area requirement for the Ag 2, so it's a non-conforming lot. Um, and the southern lot is a uh, the applicant noted that the topography may make it difficult for agriculture. They use it for limited agriculture now. They do graze on it. But as you notice in the aerials, um, trees are growing. It's not an intensively farmed property. Um, it is suitable for agriculture, and it is equally suitable for residential development. Potential detrimental impacts as far as the traffic on the adjacent road networks. Uh, this is in Wakarusa Township that has paved roads, uh, so there'd be no impact from the traffic. The water district indicated that uh, meters are available. They would do a feasibility study if the rezoning is approved and the property is platted. They would do a feasibility study to see if any improvements are needed to the lines, and these would be made at the developer's expense. And they have communicated that, and the applicant and them have been talking together about that. Impact on environmentally sensitive lands. There's a very small portion of this property that has um, steep slopes, and um, these would be easily protected by just omitting that from the building envelope. Uh, the suitability for agricultural purposes, uh, going through the manual review of the LISA, there are no high quality soils such as class one or two. There's no prime farmland, uh, but the majority of the property is listed as farmland of statewide importance. Um, the 20 acre parcel appears to be of about average productivity based on the uh, crop production indexes. And so the subdivision of the 20 acre lot would remove this area from agricultural production. And then we look at the conformance with the comprehensive plan. And based on the review discussed throughout the staff report, the proposed rezoning is in conformance with plan 2040's recommendations related to the protection of environmentally sensitive lands and clustered rural residential development, specifically development in the urban growth area, but it will involve the conversion of agricultural land to residential development. And taking these factors into account, uh, staff does recommend approval of the rezoning request and forwarding that to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Um, that concludes my presentation. I'll be happy to answer questions if you have any for me. And I believe the applicant is present today as well. Thanks. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Um, I uh, believe uh, Mr. Callahan uh, is here. Would you like to uh, say anything to amend uh, uh, Mary's presentation? Yeah, thank you. Uh, my name is Marshall McGinnis, and I, I represent oh, forgive me. the applicants. Yeah, no problem. Uh, they're here with me, uh, Aaron and, and Pat Halpin uh, uh, are with me. So if you have any questions that uh, specifically to be answered by them, they certainly can answer those as well. Uh, I want to thank Mary for her work on this. I know um, she had to dig through some archives and so forth to kind of sort through this because it is a particularly unique situation that, that's come up. Um, 
you know, we, we're in a, a place where this is a, a platted residential subdivision. Um, and so looking to get the zoning in line with uh, what, what's happened here in the past, uh, as far as these lots and, and getting it in a, in a place where the residential development that's been planned for the past approximately 30 years uh, can, can move forward. So um, the, the Halpins bought this land in um, the mid 90s and they uh, built the houses that exist on these existing lots. Um, they built the house that they're living in now here uh, and want to be able to continue with the development that they had planned when they bought the land um, nearly 30 years ago. So um, one thing that um, I would like to address in, uh, in Mary's report, um, just a, a quick clarification, the, the packet had, I think what is, must have been an error from another report or something where it was saying that the applicant's response uh, on number 10, for suitability of the property for agricultural uses, um, it, it, it's saying that we identified prime farmland and so forth. And that wasn't what was on the application, um, but, uh, and Mary has addressed that there is no prime farmland here, uh, but just wanted to point out that that um, is an error on the, on the report. Um, speaking about soil classification, um, I know that a lot of work is going into uh, the LISA system and, and trying to develop ways to quantify the agricultural aspects of land. Uh, looking at that, when you look at soil classification reports, I think what you'll find is that these are, are broad scale reports and not necessarily uh, objective to this particular property. So for instance, uh, you know, looking at the, the area on the reports, um, the, the property I believe was classed as 7,600 um, it's the class with the rating highest as an area um, of, of production, but that's the area that contains the steep slopes uh, in this area and the topography doesn't support that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think when you, when you look at this, the, the land doesn't have the agricultural production value um, that the soil classification report uh, may indicate, particularly when you take into consideration the amount of cedar trees that have um, developed on the property um, and, and then again, the, the topography. Um, in order to turn it into uh, more productive than what it currently is would require you know, significant amounts of uh, nitrogen fertilizer, um, clearing of the land to remove the trees from the property to make it productive. So uh, you know, we think that this is a, a more suitable uh, as residential development than, than it is for agricultural use. Um, I think one other thing I'll point out here, uh, when, we, when the notifications were sent out to the neighboring parcel owners, I think approximately 100 of the uh, neighbors were notified. And uh, as far as I know, and unless someone uh, speaks up at the meeting now, uh, none of them have, have responded to indicate any, any issues with this. So uh, this is very much uh, a neighborhood, um, you know, the, the character of the neighborhood supports this type of development. Uh, it, it's in line with what's been going on here for the last 30 years and the development that is expected in this area. Um, so with that, um, I, I wanna ask you uh, to vote for a recommendation for approval in line with the professional staff recommendation. Uh, to the extent that any uh, issues are raised in your, in your discussion, I'd like an opportunity to respond. Thanks. Of course, Mr. McGinnis, thanks very much for your comments. Um, and uh, as you anticipated, next uh, step is, uh, forgive me, David Carter Chair, next step is to ask for uh, any public comment. I don't believe we have any other members of the public here except your client, but uh, uh, I'll ask um, um, Kyle to confirm if there are any, uh, if there's many members of the public in the commission, um, commission chambers. Kyle Kobe with planning. There's nobody in the room to speak on this item. And so far, I don't see any digital hands going up. 
Very good. Thank you very much, David Carter Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to uh, the Commission for any questions to the applicant or to staff. Um, I guess while other folks decide if they have any questions, I, I'd like to ask Mary about this designation of farmland of statewide importance, which I don't recall encountering before. Maybe I just missed it, but I'm, I'm a little, I'm puzzled by the, um, uh, by, by soils and, and maybe um, Commissioner Willie will step in, but I, I'm, I'm puzzled by the uh, classification of soils that are considered not prime farmland and yet of statewide importance. Can you, can you speak to that at all? Mary Miller, planner, I can give you my understanding of it and then Commissioner Willie might want to uh, correct me or expound on it, but in our studies, prime farmland is considered like the ultimate best from what I've heard from NRCS is that that's land that's easily farmed or will have the best yield. And farmland of statewide importance is farmland that may require work. You may have to add amendments. You may have to do terracing. It's not the ultimate, but it's still fine farmland. You just may have to do work for it. And then they have sections that are called not prime farmland, which is land that evidently is just not well suited for farmland at all. So um, in our LISA system we're developing, we, we're scoring prime farmland higher. We're still for, scoring state farmland fairly high, but lower, you know, just to provide a differentiation in our draft um, system that we're working on. Um, but those are my understandings, and I don't know if Commissioner Willie can add to that. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Willie, did you want to add to that at all? Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. No, I think what Mary said is is certainly sufficient for our conversation here. Fantastic. And Thank nobody you. wants to hear me talk more about it than that. <laughs> Oh, some other time. Forgive me, um, uh, Mr. Mr. McGinnis. Did you? Yeah, if, if I may, I, yeah, uh, yeah, Marshall McGinnis for the applicant. Um, I, I, I attempted to, to find some sort of uh, clarification on what this uh, land of statewide importance was as well when I saw it in the report. And uh, despite the definition that, that Mary's provided here about appropriate state agencies uh, making this designation, I was unable to identify any any agencies that actually. Um, have, have stood up and said we're the agency who, who makes this designation. Um, so as for the criteria that's selected, I, I think it's a bit um, uh, unclear as to what it actually means. Very good. Thanks, Mr. McGinnis. David Carter, Chair. Um, other questions from commissioners? Uh, uh, Commissioner Sinclair. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Uh, Mary, can you help me, or I guess, can you clear up a little bit um, my confusion over whether or not um, the settlement agreement in 96 intentionally, as part of the settlement, kept this property from rezoning to A1, or if that itself was like some sort of a mission or error that uh, wasn't supposed to happen, or I guess was supposed to happen, but didn't? Mary Miller, city county planner. I considered that throughout the review of this. I didn't know if the county commission omitted the rezoning process to make it easier for them to plat and move ahead and didn't put the rezoning process in it, or if they intentionally kept it out so that any future development would require us to look at the suitability of the property for rezoning. And since I didn't have any idea of their intent, and when I read through the information, I wasn't aware why they left out the rezoning. So I just... I think we should just look at it as if we're just facing the rezoning because I don't know what, what they intended. 
Thank you, Mary. Uh, David Carter, Chair. I see Mr. Uh, Mr. McGinnis has uh, may have a response have a response to Commissioner Sinclair's question. Thank you, Marshall McGinnis, for the applicant. Uh, yeah. So the um, the Halpins have told me that that it's their understanding that it was in order to expedite the process. And then I think you'll see in the minutes um, you'll see that the the preliminary plat and the final plat occurred at the same meeting again and that was in order to expedite the process so that because the county commission would be turning over at the end of the year and so to go through a rezoning process preliminary plat final plat uh, in the due course would have taken longer and you would have had new commissioners in place before that was finalized thank you mr mcginnis david carter chair uh, commissioner sinclair you had a follow-up Luke Sinclair, Planning Commission, not a follow-up, but just an observation. But if, if I'm understanding it right, the, the interesting thing is that though it may have made things work easier back then, had it actually been approved, we wouldn't be here today because it would have automatically been rezoned CP, right? Uh, as part of the county zoning regulation uh, and regulations that happened last year. Is that right, Mary? Sorry, I'll direct it to someone. Yes, Mary. Miller city county planner you're right had it been rezoned to a1 it would have automatically converted so i at first thought it was an error in our zoning map when i saw that it was platted but still zoned ag2 and ag1 but after looking in the history i saw that that was why it didn't convert thank you both david carter chair um other questions from commissioners commissioner uh willie and Willie, Planning Commissioner. So there's there's no question in my mind with the, the soils and topography also considered that this is, of course, suitable for uh, grazing agriculture, for agriculture, um, for forage production and such. So the question is, is this an area that because it has so much um, rural development already that we feel that it is suitable for more rural development or that we feel that it is not? So I think that's the key question for this. Thank you, Commissioner Willie, uh, David Carter, Chair. Um, I, I guess from from my point of view, another consideration is that this seems to be um, a, a plot of land that has been subject to half measures over the past um, like several decades, um, and. What one thing that seemed to be uh, fairly clearly implied, even though it was incompletely done uh, in in uh, in '96, was that this eventually may be subdivided um, for for um, for further development. Um, I'm I'm not in. It, it seems that. With the history of half measures, it would be really nice to make a determination tonight that is definitive. Um, and so I'd be interested in observations from other commissioners. And I think we have two Commissioner Struckoffs now. Um, uh, commissioner Shanklin, please. Oh, you're on, on mute. We might have some problems with your phone audio. Okay, well, perhaps while well, you can, unless you can hold up signs like um, say anything, I might have to just ask you to uh, um, work on that. And meanwhile, I'll call on uh, Commissioner Ashworth. 
International Planning Commission. I, I, just to, uh, to pitch um, Commissioner Willie's uh, proposal about what's it really the consideration here to staff to Mary, is that really the consideration is what we think of the property now and its suitability for ag or subdivision? Or does the history um, of the platting of this make that a bit more complicated? Mary Miller, City County Planner. I think the platting does add complications to it, but I, I agree that, you know, whether or not it's suitable for agricultural use is just one of the factors we look at. We also look at what is the land around it. And, you know, as far as protecting agricultural land, you'd like to protect contiguous agricultural land. This would be a pocket of agricultural land. Next to it is woodland and um, everywhere else around it is residential. And so I think the fact that it's already platted is one factor to consider. It doesn't mean that it has to be rezoned. It's just one of the various factors. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. Did you have a, a follow-up question, Commissioner Ashworth? No, but I, okay. I share National Planning Commission, but I'm hoping that Commissioner Shanklin has his audio working because I'd be curious. Commissioner Shanklin, uh, yes. Shall we try again? Not quite. Um, I'm going to ask, Kyle, is there something, some way we can, we can, um, uh, help uh, Commissioner Shanklin's communication problems. Kyle Kuby with planning. I just saw the. Can you hear me there we oh. there we go. There. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you, Commissioner I, Shanklin. I, I apologize. Um, you know, real broadband. Exactly. Um, I I just to begin with. I I've been looking through the materials and listening to. Um, uh, Mary and the applicant's presentation on um, the, whether or not they have a vested right to, to subdivide to begin with. And it, that would obviate our discussion here. Um, but I think they don't. And, and so um, any history notwithstanding, I, I think we should, as, as Commissioner Willie suggests, um, look at uh, you know, the loss of ag land, but also it, this is at the furthest reaches of the urban fringe. And I, I just, I, I think that this is the wrong place for residential development in Douglas County. Um, someday it may be, but, but not now. Uh, we should be concentrating our efforts inside Lawrence um, when it comes to just additional PCO units like this. So I, I'm, I'm opposed to the loss of ag land, but I'm also opposed to the additional single occupancy vehicle trips that would be required for further development here. So, thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin. David Carter, Chair. Um, any other comments from commissioners? Questions? While other commissioners decide whether to raise an issue, I guess I, I do want to speak up because I know we've faced several of these situations in the past several months. And I would just like to say, uh, in addition to what I've already mentioned, what I think distinguishes this from some of the other cases, um, one, uh, the lack of an area plan. Um, in case in, uh, previous cases, we've We've said that uh, we, we thought you know, that the decision should be deferred because, of course, any kind of development like this um, is a semi-permanent change to the land use, and that, that's a given. Um, 
uh, with with area plans under uh, uh, under development. Uh, we've said that uh, you know we should we should wait until it's clearer what the intended uh, use ought to be. Uh, in this in this case, you know we're we're not care- we're not covered by that that kind of consideration, and the surrounding um, uh, land uses are are compatible. It it in this particular case, I'm I am just not inclined to to um, to to stand in the way of the the owners of, of the property to to deal with their with their land the way they intended and the way it was implied based on on the history so i mean i i, I respect commissioner shanklin and commissioner willie's um perspectives on this but my my personal perspective is that it's it's an implied use um and um I'm inclined to support the application, but I'm I'm absolutely willing to hear other other points of view. So, um, would anyone, Commissioner Willie, please elaborate? Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner, um, I'm I'm frankly a, a little torn. I have not made up my mind yet. I'm still considering, um, but I would not go down the route of the implied use or implied um, right, because we have a county full of five acre lots that have not yet been developed. And I think that uh, that is a very dangerous road to go down when we look at those. Um, I mean, even there, some just reflected in the, uh, I'm looking at um, the staff report that other people may not be uh, of, of lots that are have not yet been developed, but are, are on, on the books and if you look at the whole county map, there are tons of them. Some of those are developable and some of them are not, but certainly the intent of the landowner was that they could be. Um, so I think we just need to look at this property for itself um, and for the surrounding area and decide if, um, do we consider this a, a, a pocket of a small ag area that could be sacrificed for houses? Or do we consider that uh, you know this, this area has borne the brunt of enough um, single family large lot development. So I'm, I'm glad to hear from more commissioners as we go forward. Thank you, Commissioner Willing. Um, and in that vein, uh, would other commissioners care to speak up? Commissioner Carpenter? Jim Carpenter, Planning Commission. Yeah, given the statement that these plats and this agreement came into being sort of rushed before a new commission took their seats gives me pause. Um, it seems to imply that there was an election that the current commissioners felt that the next commissioners wouldn't approve this type of project. And some of the other comments that, so if we want to look at it about what was implied, I have problems. If we want to look at it separately and for itself as a land use. I'd like to hear a little bit more about all the land that's platted throughout the county under these old rules on larger lots and where we're going to go with that. Because I think if we say yes, are we opening the door to all these old past plats coming up and saying, oh, now we want to do it because that's been our intent for 30 years, even though we didn't do it back then. 
I don't know. I'd like to hear some more opinions about that. Fair enough. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. David Carter, Chair. Uh, please, um, I'd like to hear some more perspectives as well. Commissioner Ashworth. Um, Sharon Ashworth, Planning Commission. Um, I too, following on Commissioner Carpenter's comments, um, am curious about if there's any distinction between these flats versus the ones that uh, Commissioner Carpenter and Commissioner Willie brought up about the five acre lots scattered throughout the country, uh, county. Is there some distinction about these that give them special consideration as opposed to the others? Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. I should just ask, is that directed toward, who, who would you like to direct that toward? Yeah, uh, to, to staff, to, to address this question of the, the various old plats that exist through the county. Mary Miller, City County Planner. Um, the five acre exemptions, uh, they were not plats, they were just exemptions, they were simple surveys. And whenever anyone wants to develop on those, uh, the first step is to go to the Zoning and Codes office and find out if it's a vested property that is did it meet the exemption requirements at the time so some of those are not developable some are there's a certain date that road frontage actually became required um, the amount of road frontage was wider so some of these five acre parcels are not developable and i don't have a map of those it takes a lot of research for zoning and codes to go through and research the history of a property and decide is it vested or not and those are the five acre exemptions then we had the platted properties, and almost all the platted properties were zoned A1 and converted to the CP district. We have some properties that are zoned A1 that converted to CP um, that were platted with large lots. And these could be, we had actually some properties that were zoned A1 that converted to CP that was not yet platted. So there could be plats that wouldn't require rezoning. And this case, it's platted and it requires rezoning. So it's a bit unusual. And I can't really make a distinction except to say that all those platted lots you see that have the right zoning or anything that has a CP zoning can be divided through the subdivision if they have the right area and road frontage. And so they can go down to three acres, they have to obey, you know, follow the rules. There's nothing stopping them. This one first has to do the rezoning, and then it could go through the subdivision regulations like the other plats. The five-acre exemptions, they can't further subdivide unless they happen to be larger than five acres because there were 10-acre and 20-acre parcels divided through that five-acre exemption as well. Um, they can only subdivide if they rezone, or if they're large enough, they can do a certificate of survey in the Ag 2 if they have 20 acres. Thank you, Mary. David Carter, Chair, any follow-up questions? Commissioner uh, Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Uh, one of the things we've been asking for is a chance to meet with county staff to talk through exactly this. And part of the reason that we changed the rural zoning regulations was so that we could generate a map that helped us to understand what our inventory is of five, 10, acre lots already and how many of those that are on the books could be developed um, at, at this point. Um, I'm, I've been increasingly uncomfortable to move forward with rezonings until we have that information. Um, I think it might be scheduled for us. Is that right? Um, to, as part of our, um, what used to be our mid-month. Don't we have that, that conversation coming up at some point? 
Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Are you sure, you're correct. It is coming up. We had to move it due to the need for two nights for Planning Commission, um, which may be also in our future, depending upon how the uh, schedule shake out. But we had to we had to move that to accommodate the two nights of meetings this month. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Willie, do you have any follow-up questions to that? I guess, uh, Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner, not so much a follow-up question. My inclination would be if we are close to having that information, that we would make better decisions having that than we could tonight. Um, I know that that puts a burden on the applicant, but this has been not the first time that we have mentioned that in a meeting. Uh, actually, I think it's been mentioned every time we've had um, a rezoning request to cluster preservation in the last year. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. Um, pending any other questions from commissioners, I'd like to call on Mr. McGinnis that clearly uh, would like to, to respond to that. Thank you, uh, Marshall McGinnis for the applicant. Um, I guess the, the first thing I'd like to, to mention is uh, the, the use of the agricultural use of the property has been the subject of many of the much of the discussion among the commissioners. Uh, we, when we're looking at this property, there, there's uh, a significant amount of rocky outcropping here as well that prevents, again, productive agricultural use. So um, while it may be possible to graze this land, um, I think that there's a, a significant question as to whether it's suitable for agricultural use where you're actually producing anything. Now, um, secondly, um, as far as deferring this item or, or taking time to wait for more information, I, I appreciate the need for that and, and the desire for that. However, um, I think we should be operating under the, the rules and, and subdivision regulations that are existing uh, now, as opposed to putting a de facto moratorium in place on cluster preservation rezoning uh, by continuously delaying uh, the, the rezoning requests. So the land development in Douglas County is a time-consuming process. Uh, this process was started in January um, to, to first inquire about what it would take to rezone, what it was necessary to subdivide the lots. Uh, after going through and working with Mary and the planning staff and, and going through and getting on the calendar uh, in March, then you have a 60-day uh, delay before you get to your planning commission meeting. And then, of course, it'll go to the Board of County Commissioners after that. So, uh, and I think you all, you all know this, that um, land development is not a, a fast process. That being said, um, to delay it further um, creates a, uh, a burden on, on the landowners, uh, just like Commissioner Willie has, has identified, um, but it's not something uh, that, that should continue to go on and on. Um, well, so I guess I, I would ask you to, to um, not wait for some future regulation that may come into place that would, would change the current status of, of this. Thank you, uh, Mr. McGinnis. Um, other commissioners, uh, David Carter, Chair. Uh, other commissioners wish to speak up on this. Um, I'd really like Commissioner Sinclair, please. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Question for Mary. Uh, right now, as things stand, Mary, and this uh, betray my ignorance, or, or maybe this is already in the report and I totally overlooked it, but what? how many uh, residential... Um, lots can this be developed now? I mean, how many residences can be put on these, on the properties that are subject to this uh, rezoning request now if, if uh, it's not rezoned to cluster pres uh, preservation? Mary Miller, City County Planner. 
it could have two. Um, there's the one that's on the that's already there, and there could be one residence on the 20 acre parcel. Okay, thank you, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. I that that seems a little relevant to me because I, I know it probably isn't uh, economically feasible, but it's also maybe something we ought to consider because that's not necessarily something we want to be allowing out there in the urban growth area. Granted, tier three, um, and it's on the fringes, but um, you know, sort of a, an unintended effect seems like it could be that they just develop it with, you know, a huge, a huge lot, uh, residential lot and not even have that be really an agricultural production or grazing or whatever it's good for now. Uh, it, I just wonder if that's a consideration we ought to um, take into account um, as, as weighing in favor of allowing um, this to be rezoned cluster preservation in light of what's going on around that property. It's just my two cents at this point. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair, David Carter, Chair. Uh, I, I think I'd like to speak, I'd like to hear from some commissioners who may not have spoken up already. Um, perhaps uh, Commissioner Struckoff or Commissioner Payton would care to weigh in on what you've heard so far. Commissioner Struckoff, please. Um, two things that are weighing uh, for me in favor of approval are the pattern of development that's out there already uh, and the wish to um, to uh, not wait for a future uh, for this property for this for future uh, determination um, those are the two main things that have um, that made me that, that, I, that are weighing in support of this proposal for me. Um, the, the size of the lots and the location, um, again, when I look at the surrounding lots and, and the area, the, the character of the area, I, I find it compatible. Um, I still have concerns about um, what, what happens when these lots are uh, are next, and this is a problem we've had with other cluster preservation applications, as, as Commissioner Carpenter has stated already. Um, those are the main two factors that I, the main, main three factors, I guess, that I'm, I'm considering, and, and uh, they balance quite evenly for me. It's, this is a difficult choice. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff, David Carter, Chair. Um, yeah, I'd like I'd like to speak to that as well. If you know, in case I wasn't uh, clear enough in my previous comments, that looking at the uh, map on or the image on page ten of the staff report, that would be page seventy nine of the packet. Um, the you know the problematic, what we consider problematic development within the urban growth area, will not be affected by our declining this um, uh, this request. Um, there's already several square miles of, of low density development within the urban growth area that will be difficult to incorporate um, when the urbanized part of Lawrence eventually reaches, reaches there. Um, and with that in mind, I'm, I'm not inclined to um, 
deny this request since I consider it compatible with uh, with those surroundings. I think Commissioner Willie's question about the you know the viability and sustainability of this this land as agricultural land may still be an open question. Although the the applicant has uh, we've already seen the maps that describe the the high slope um, areas which are implicitly rocky. Um, I think what uh, that that leaves grazing perhaps as the as the only viable land use, and perhaps I'll turn back to Commissioner Willie to pass judgment on that. But um, I think there's a pretty narrow path for land use that does not account for the applicant's intended use. Uh, Commissioner Payton, I see you. I think you have your hand up. So please go ahead. Uh, I'm kind of conflicted about this, and I'm. I see your point when you look at at what's out there, and it does match what's around there but I, I feel like we had this discussion once before uh of you know how do you get where you're going um and so i i see that but is then you know the answer to add more of that or is that not exactly what we're trying to avoid and it just seems like adding more of that is not it's not going to decrease our challenges and bringing it into the city later so i, I just i'm not convinced yet that um I want to vote for this. Thank you, Commissioner Payton. Um, uh, David Carter Chair, I'd like to hear from some some other commissioners. I think we're, I mean, I, I see us at something of an impasse at this point. And I see Mr. McGinnis's hand raised, but I would like to, to uh, give uh, other commissioners a chance to speak before, um, before uh, further comment from the applicant. With that, Mr. McGinnis, would you care to respond? Yes, thank you, Marshall McGinnis, for the applicant. Um, again, coming back to the agricultural use, um, this, the 20 acres has uh, five horses on it um, that are unable to graze enough to be sustained on, on the 20 acres and are supplemented by uh, grain and additional uh, hay from, from other property. Um, then regarding integration of, of property into the city, it, at some time in the future. I know that the tier three area um, is, is beyond the current comprehensive plan where this sits, um, but I think it's important to note that in prior planning meetings where, where you'd seen uh, pockets of Lawrence where there were large lots that were not well integrated into the city, none of those were larger than an acre. So keep in mind that what you were looking at was one acre lots, and here we're talking about three to five acre lots. Um, where there's a, a much greater opportunity to integrate into the city um, with the build-out plans that are required and so forth to allow spacing for city blocks and streets. It, it provides the opportunity to integrate. And when the land value is worth more than, than the house that's on it or the, the property owner who has a house on it decides that they would like to put lots on it because it's uh, more advantageous to them, the integration would still happen and the ability for it to integrate would happen. So there's not an example yet in Lawrence where large lots the size of five acres um, have, are not integrated into the city. The only lots in Lawrence that are residential lots in Lawrence that are larger uh, than than that, than five acres are in uh, in uh, north of 6th Street uh, on Folks Road in the, in the large lot development there. Thank you, Mr. McGinnis. David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Sinclair, please. 
Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Uh, I guess I have a question I suppose to pose to the other commissioners and maybe particularly Commissioner Shanklin and uh, Commissioner Willie, uh, you know, a couple other county appointees, uh, specifically as to the agricultural land. Like it, it, this really is one of those ones where you have pretty, a pretty uh, tight um, relationship between two competing values or maybe multiple competing values, but you've got, um, you know, you've got our, the, the plan's desire to preserve agricultural lands and minimize conversion of ag lands. Um, then you have uh, the, the desire to sort of accommodate compatible uses and to cluster development. Um, I guess what I wonder is when it's like this, do you, you both are much more <laughs> well-versed uh, on agricultural issues than I am. Uh, and so I just wonder, is there, is there a way to, uh, to break impasses on these things when you're talking about land, as it seems this is, that is not, you know, based on the report and based on our discussions and what Mr. McGinnis has said, um, not, it's not prime, you know, it's, it, it, it has, it sounds like sort of minimal um, use in an agricultural sense uh, in letting those sorts of lands go, so to speak, because we are removing them from the inventory if we approve this, um, as opposed to if we were talking about some prime farmland or, you know, prime soils and, and things of that nature, where it, I think, would be, a, in my perspective, a much harder call. But on this one, based on sort of the quality of the agricultural land, uh, can we look to that more? Or do you guys um, and anybody else in the commission really think that this land with the use that can be made of it um, sort of demands the same protection that we would give to some of the other higher quality uh, use or sorry, agricultural um, lands. Commissioner Willie, uh, please. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. It's, it's rare that this far into an item that I'm still on the fence and truly I am. Um, and it's because I, you know, this is so far away from the city limits of Lawrence, and that I think by the time the city would expand into this place, I think um, houses built today could be knocked down and made room for new neighborhoods. I think it'll be that far into the future. Um, we're quite a ways from town here. Um, however, I and and so my my concern is not so much that, whereas it often is when it's closer to town. Um, my concern is that we may not um, need additional lots of this size. Um, however, I would say that this area does have extreme development pressure for these kinds of lots because of its um, uh, because of its proximity to the the interchange to get on K10. This this area has we've lost a lot of ground in this area before we um, changed our zoning regulations. So much of what you see that was listed on that page 79, I think um, has been lost pretty recently um, and some of it not. So the neighborhood directly to the east has been here quite a long time. Um, the neighborhoods to immediately to the west and a little further to the west are much, are newer. So, um, but the argument that um, because the cedars have been allowed to grow up, which is a, a neglect issue, uh, that that decreases its value as farmland, that encourages people then to neglect land if they want it to be developed. I don't like going down that road. Um, 
Uh, forgive me for saying that there is no way to sustainably graze horses or hardly any way to sustainably graze horses. Um, so that also is, you know, a, um, a hard use on the land, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the land itself um, is and has been, um, you know, the soil types we have, even with the slopes that we have for sustainable grazing could be very, very adequate and better. Um, so I'm, I'm not swayed by the argument that the land is just too poor for agriculture. I, I am somewhat swayed by the argument that this neighborhood, um, this neighborhood character would not be harmed by five acre lots. So there I am still on the fence and I don't know if I've helped anyone. Thank you, Commissioner Willie, uh, David Carter Chair. Um, Commissioner Shanklin. Greg Shanklin, Commissioner. Um, I, I, I think there are two primary concerns here, and it may be a mistake to focus solely on uh, the loss of agricultural land, except that in the cases of AG1, that is our opportunity to review whether or not there will be valuable ag land lost. And so I don't want to minimize the importance of that, but I, I think it's equally important to consider um, the, the value of uh, additional rooftops at the urban fringe. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not sure that Lawrence should ever build out to this point. And I guess maybe that's to revert to what Commissioner Payton said, although I don't want to mischaracterize what you said. But, but I think the question is, um, when you have a, a mixture of ag land and uh, large lot residential development, um, is the right answer to just put more large lot residential development there? Or is it to stop that and look to, you know, closer to city center for development activity? And, you know, if, if we want to be consistent with our values of trying to reduce single occupancy vehicle traffic, I, I think the answer is we, we shouldn't be. Uh, allowing further development in this area, particularly in Tier 3. Um, so that's, um, you know, for, for what that's worth. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin, David Carter, Chair. Um, I'd, uh, I'd like to turn over to Jeff and just, I mean, because where we are, regardless of what uh, the outcome of tonight's vote is, it's not going to be unanimous. And that's, that's fine. I mean, our, our job is to turn this over to the county commission for further deliberation. Um, and so I would like to ask Jeff just for a clarification on uh, the two scenarios, um, whether a, um, you know, a, a, um, a motion to accept or a motion to deny goes forward um, and uh, what the, the next steps are by the County Commission. Certainly, Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Either a, a vote for or a vote against this is, is it's key to remember is that the Planning Commission is a recommending body at that point. So the ultimate authority lies with the, the Board of County Commissioners and that item there. Uh, just depending on the vote, it, or excuse me, the vote would maybe change some things related to protesting or some of the other items related to that. Actually, now I say I think I may have that wrong. My apologies. I have to do a little bit of looking on that to have my details right. But effectively is um, it would go before the Board of County Commissioners as the, the final vote on the item there. You're, again, Planning Commission just makes that recommendation there. Um, and if you give me a minute, I'll double check that 
that uh, vote to see how it changes that protesting requirement because off the top of my head I realized I said that and then realized I was thinking of the wrong section so I need to double check that real quick so yeah, thank you um, you know while Jeff looks that up I, I guess I'm, I'm seeing this ultimately I'm, I'm, I'm very sensitive to the points of view that Commissioner Shanklin and Commissioner Willie have raised um, my point of view on this right now is that we as an advisory body are you know giving our recommendations to our, our elected policymakers um, you know and ultimately you know we the, the plan is the plan we know what the we want to preserve we want to uh, preserve agricultural land ultimately this will get filtered through um, the the development code and um, and and public policy I'm I think you know the, the applicant raised the used the expression you know a de facto moratorium, and you know possibly that would be an outcome of this uh, of this action. I don't know about tonight, but as we continue to um, uniformly recommend against any conversion of uh, of agricultural to cluster pres preservation uh, use, I, I, I see. It, it puts our policymakers in the position of, of making that decision. Uh, I think I've made my personal views um, pretty clear this evening, but I, I think I would like to go ahead and see if we could, um, and maybe just do a, hear from each of the commissioners again. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm increasingly doubtful that we're going to reach, you know, a, a unanimous uh, agreement, but I'd like to hear, I'd like to see what we can do about reaching some kind of resolution to this. Um, and I, again, I see Mr. McGinnis's hand up, but I would like to hear from the commissioners about um, their, their positions on where we stand right now. Mr. Chair, if I may, Jeff Crickling, yes. Development Services Thank Director. You, I should have went with my first instinct that I had it right, and I uh, should have went with that. I just didn't. So a two-thirds majority vote of the Board of County Commissioners is required to overturn the Planning Commission's recommendation. So either a vote for or a vote against, depending upon what the outcome of the Planning Commission is, would require a two-thirds vote of the Board of County Commissioners to overturn it. So your vote does have that weight of kind of changing that dynamic of, of what that is. So, um, okay. And my apologies. In other words, for, a majority vote uh, of the, of the County commission. Effectively. Yes. If, I, if my math skills are up to speed, I believe that to be two to two over one on that one. So, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I'd like to hear from commissioner Carpenter, uh, if I could, since we haven't heard from him on this issue yet, I know, sorry to put you in a tough position, but, I, I mean, really, I think the, the positions have been well laid out, and I think it's our job to try to find a way forward. So, Commissioner uh, Carpenter, could we share your, your point of view? Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. I don't have a problem with a divided vote at all. We're in a, we're oh, in a situation that seems to be a result of a political decision, and it seems appropriate to throw it back in the hands of the politicians. We are an advisory board, and if we, um, depending on how we vote, it's either going to take two or three of the commissioners to either accept what we say or overturn what we say. And I think we have valid arguments on both sides. This is, a, this is one of those intersections of competing values that are coming up more and more. 
we've not been afraid to say no to changes to area plans, as Chair Carter, you pointed out first in this discussion. In fact, as we've been pretty consistent on doing that, if we already had an area plan and we wanted to carve out an exception, we're saying no until we get the whole area plan updated. And we are looking at that issue of density and single family housing that's coming up more so in the city than in the rural areas. But we're also seeing that happen in other parts of the county, such as Eudora saying we're not building subdivisions out in tier three. That just came to us. And the fact that we also have a text amendment moving through to make changes to the subdivision regulations for the county to bring it more in conformance with plan 2040. So we're kind of in a flux right now. We've already started the process to review exactly what we're being asked to look at here tonight. And so I think we're going to have a divided vote and we're going to see where the county commission stands. So I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter, David Carter, Chair. I think you more frankly said what I was implying. So that's a thank you. Um, Commissioner Ashworth, please. Chair Ashworth, Planning Commission. Um, here's my fence sitting. Um, honestly, I'm not that concerned about losing this as agricultural land. Um, that isn't my main concern. I guess I, I come down more on, is this going to be one house or four houses? Uh, in terms of the developable part of this property. And given that we are trying to preserve more open space in the county, um, given what Commissioner Carpenter said, remind us about Eudora um, and their tier three um, area that they're doing. And we're, we're trying to concentrate development more in the cities. I'm inclined maybe to go with the one house versus the four houses on this property for open space value as opposed to agricultural value. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth, David Carter, Chair. Um, Commissioner Struckoff, could I ask you to speak up? Have, I know you stated an opinion previously, but uh, can you tell us where you stand right now? Um. I stand um, currently um, in favor of this for the reasons I stated before, uh, very, very much on the fence, but I think that um, the, I, I don't think the delay for this application is appropriate. I think the character is in keeping. And um, I think those override my other concerns about the annexation of these properties in the future uh, a, a distant future. Um, and so I am, I am inclined to, to, to vote in favor of this. And like Commissioner Carpenter uh, said, I have no problem with the split vote on this. I think that uh, that is itself um, a message to our elected officials uh, that, um, that we are competing, you know, we have, we, we have each within us competing values, so which make these uh, decisions more difficult as individual commissioners. Uh, and result in split votes, um, which will get the attention of, of the um, of the county commissioners, and I think helps demonstrate the urgency of our uh, of our upcoming work. Um, 
in in both term in terms of both subdivision regulations and area plans and, and i think uh for that reason uh a, a split vote is fine um and um i i am like like commissioner really very much on the fence but slightly in favor thank you commissioner struckoff david carter chair commissioner payton Uh, this is Commissioner Payton. Um, one of the things they say in the staff report is this property is not within the boundary of any adopted long-range plans. The comprehensive plan is the guiding document for this area. And I look at the long-range or the comprehensive plan, and it's about a lot more than just whether it's great farmland. There's the open space aspect. There's uh, developing more in town. There's the transportation aspect, you know, uh, it's more than just whether we have five acre lots. It's also how people are getting around and, and what our goals are. And so I can say based on looking at the comprehensive plan and whether I, I feel like this really is addressing all of those, um, I'll be voting no. Thank you, Commissioner Payden. Um, I would like to, oh, David Carter Chair, I would like to uh, just as a point of order, like to um, uh, turn back to Jeff and just remind us all what happens with this vote, regardless of a motion? If it fails, are we then essentially obligated to uh, to um, um, uh, to vote on the opposite? In other words, if there is a motion to accept uh, the the or to approve or to recommend approval of the applicate of the application, and it fails, do we then need to take a second vote to deny? Yep, Planning and Development Services Director, in that instance there, there would need to be a vote in some manner that would advance the item. So in, in your example of a of, of vote to fail, or um, let me make sure I categorize that in the same way you did. If, if the first vote was to fail, then there would need to be a second vote to you know, recommend or advance the item or deny the item or whatever the, the, the opposite of that vote would be. So it would need to be in the opposite of that one. Uh, in, in instances of tie votes, we would usually recommend is just, you know, um, have it go both ways. To just, you know, have it go in one direction and have it go in the opposite direction just to make sure that there is clarity among the item there because you, you are a 10-member body, so you do have the potential of a, of a, of a split vote. And Commissioner, please let me know if I did not make that clear. <laughs> no, I think you did. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. And I just want to clarify, I believe because Commissioner Sands missed the opening part of this presentation, uh, is he essentially abstaining from this, uh, from this vote? Is that something we need to ask him? Or uh, is that based on the previous agreement? Is he basically exempt from this vote? So we are an eight-member body at this point. Jeff Craig, Development Services Director. Given Commissioner Sands' absence from from the deliberations and points of it, there it would be it would be a uh, eight member vote that would occur given our our current makeup this evening. Okay, thank you. All that said, I think I'm at the point of accepting a motion one way or the other, um, and and going ahead to a vote. Um, one more time, I am going to call on uh, Mr. McGinnis. I know you patiently raised your hand before and I overlooked you. Uh, please uh, feel free to speak up. Thank you. Um, I, actually, the, the landowner wanted to make um, a comment before, uh, so I'll, I'll turn it over to her. 
Hi, my name's Erin Callahan Halpin, and I appreciate everyone's time, everything that Mary has done, all of you have done, and Marshall has done. I, my apprehension is that I feel that this, um, there's been a lack of representation of the history of our ownership of this land and the interaction with Douglas County Publing planning and commissioning departments. I'll try to be, be as brief as I can, but it's quite convoluted. It's not really that convoluted, but we bought the land and at the time we bought the land, we spoke with the county and we've built throughout the county and we've always, always just asked all the codes and regulations, what do we need to do? We've double and triple checked to make sure that we're always working hand in hand and never giving anybody a hard time. We want to make sure we're absolutely supporting our county and that we're building exactly what needs to be built. So we bought this land and at the time we bought it, all we had to do was put a road in and we bought 35 acres that at that time we were told you can put in five acre lots throughout that 35 acres and you don't have to have a public right of way road. And so we, we invested in this land prior, prior to purchasing it, we made absolutely sure with Douglas County planning and, and county commissioners that we knew what we were getting into. So we started building and being people who've grown up from farmland, up northeastern Iowa, the black gold of farmland, I don't want to develop any more than I have to. But they told us this is all we could do with this land. That was what it was quoted for at the time, five acre lots. We could not go under five acre and we could not go over it. So we have been caught in this trap of vacillation back and forth by the consistent turnover of county commissioners and planning commissioners and city commissioners. So at the time we bought it, we were like, okay, we're set. We, we get to put in five acre lots throughout this 35 acre track, that's seven lots. We built, we built one project at a time and then we would go out and do other building projects instead of just developing this. We didn't really, like I said, it's country. We want to preserve it. We don't want to cut it down into two acre lots, blah, blah, blah. So we did five acre lots. On the first three acre lots that we have here, we, we were told when the 2020 plan came in, was coming. And we were told, this is what's going to happen to your land. You are, we have just adopted your back line to be the back line of the annexation line for Lawrence annexation. You are going to be annexed by 2020. And this is, you're within, you are within the urban growth zone. You are within the Lawrence annexation line. So this is what's going to happen. So plan for what this land use is going to be out here. And we said, okay, we get it. So then we built two houses. The county commissioners came out and wanted us to divert our road 
to the west and up our west line instead of straight back, straight down our east line as we wanted it to be. And we said, I'm sorry, that really doesn't comply with our plans and it really is more expensive and it doesn't make sense. So then they turned around and said, okay, now we won't have the private roads anymore. And so that's what led us into the a settlement agreement that Dan Watkins represented us with and four other, three other properties. And that was that, yeah, they can have their private road. And we came back and said, you know what? We understand that you don't want seven properties on just a private road. And we're fine. We get that. And we don't need a county commission or a planning department or anything else to tell us that you can only have so many houses on a private road. So we said, all we're asking is we're more than happy to be amenable and and compatible and work with our county. So we said, you know what? All we ask is that instead of letting us have seven properties on a private road, just let us have the let, let us have four, develop four homes on a private road. The second we decide to develop a fifth home, we will upgrade to a county road. County road at the time was gravel width. And we said, okay, that's, that's all we're asking. And they agreed to it. So now, so then right after that, everything changed. My back line has three acre properties right behind me, a private road that houses, or I guess you call it several private roads that house how many homes? 25. 25 and it's still not completely built out. So, and we have the front 15 that we could have built two more properties off of. So we lost a minimum of $200,000 just by losing the lots and we're self builders. So we didn't lose $200,000, we lost $500,000 and we've never said a word about it and we've never complained. Then how do you think it felt when three acre lots went all the way up and down our whole west side and, and it's a private road and they've gone up all around us within the last year. This whole county is covered. And the only reason we are think that this is ridiculous is because we were told you are going to be a property that ha- will be annexed and developed. And we said, okay, we get it. Even, and we're always going, and we were agreed for, four more five-acre lots behind us. The second fact is that I don't feel like anyone is listening to us when we speak about the use of this land. We've lived here for 25 years. We've owned the land since 93. When we bought this property from the original family, I believe they homesteaded, I'm not sure. What, he was a multi-generation farmer that had always owned this land and his family also owns the land to the east of us that's all treated in. The name is Howard. Mr. Howard, when we were standing here talking about the land and buying it, I said to him, so because I'm from Iowa, 
farmland, farmer, farming people all my life, both sides. My father and his generation were the first people off the farm. My mother's first person off the farm. I said, so have you ever grown crops out here? Have you, you know, what, how did you farm it? Did you grow corn? Did you grow beans? Did you grow soybeans? What did you grow? And he goes, oh my God. He goes, this is all glacial till. We're on the top of an outcrop and it's all glacial hill. And if any of you would like to come out here and walk this land, I welcome you because we still have every year more and more and more come up and they're huge. It's glacial till. It's clay. There's no dirt. It is all washed down to the front lot where they do have what washed off this hill and my neighbor, who we sold our first house to, has said, yeah, I have some pretty decent soil there because, of course, it's all rolled down the hill. We cannot support the five horses that we have on this land. And it's not because the cedars grew up predominantly. It's because the soil is so poor that it will not grow grasses that will support livestock on ground, you should be able to support at least three cows per five acres. We cannot support five horses on 25 acres, even, and we will pay, mow our fescue, two thirds of this five acre lots is the only thing that still produces any grass. And it's not because of neglect. It's because it's non-sustainable. It's, it is not sustainable for farming in any way, shape, or form. And I understand how someone might not understand that because as soon as you go to our back line, the hill drops completely down into a big valley of decent hay ground. But not here. We're at the top of a rocky outcrop. It's not from neglect. You can only pour so much ammonia and so much nitrogen and so much phosphorus onto a ground and you still can't produce even fescue that doesn't on its own support livestock or horses. We have to augment our five horses with 25 acres. The, the farmer who lived here for multi-generations said we gave up. We could not farm this land. We, we could barely raise a few cows on it. So I just want to ask everyone to please think about that and hear us because we've lived here for 25 years. We know what what we've had to do to try to support a couple of horses. And we are surrounded. 25 horses just went in next to us. They're on our back line. There's houses going into this day within a quarter of a mile. There, we are surrounded by three acre lots. This whole area is saturated and we were only doing what we were told to do to protect our investment. And if this investment is taken away from us, we are going to be severely damaged with loss. 
And the whole point is, is that we've worked with the county and the city for 30 years honoring everything they've asked us to do. But all they do is go back and forth, back and forth. We can't keep up with all of you every three years deciding we're going to do this. Now we're not going to do that. Now we're going to do this. Now we're not going to do that. Now we don't have any housing in, in Douglas County. And you're trying to say this is agricultural land. It is. It isn't. If it were, I'd be the last person to want to turn it over. And all we're asking is to not lose what we've been working and honoring. We, we've honored Douglas County, Lawrence for 30 years. We have, and all we're asking is for you guys to really listen and know what you're making decisions about. Nobody has come out to our land to look at it. Nobody's, I mean, you went all around and around and around and spoke to all the commissioners five times over and Marshall has spoken three times. We know what we're talking about. So we're just trying to maintain multiple times of working with the county and working with Lawrence and not continue to be pushed and regressed into less. We are already, we with what's going on right now, we are being pushed right back to the same point we were pushed into when the county commissioners came in and told us, reroute your road. And we said, no. And that's when they said, okay, now you can't have your private private road anymore. So forgive me, um, Ms. Ms. Halpin, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate your, your, your point of view. Um, I think um, some time ago when we began discussing this, uh, I, was, I was asking about the, the history of, of this land and assumed that it was in fact, I, the way I put it was, it was a series of half measures. And I think you very explicitly described kind of the history that led to each of those. Um, I, I, and I think it is, uh, forgive me, I should speak up, David Carter chair. Um, the, the three acre lots that you're, you're describing are part of the issue that the new plan is trying to I understand that address. So you've been caught, I think from, you know, the, from the point of view that I've been expressing, you've been caught in kind of an irony of history that is, is to your disadvantage right now. And, and, uh, and I we really were under the understanding, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just need to maintain my thought. We were under the understanding, this is our third round at least, we were under the understanding that when we set it aside with, as a subdivision, and I was very specific then too, do we need to plat it right now? And the county advised that no, you do not because the standards are already there. There's no need to plat it until you're ready to develop. So we have once again done our best to trust and believe in the city and the county. And back then it was just the county. I don't recall having the city having this much domain over the county. And so now we are right back at square one when we hired Dan Watkins to set us up as a subdivision 
and we're right back to this big road issue and we're right back to the and back then it wasn't an agricultural issue it was yeah you're in the douglas county development area and you can do five acre lots And now it's regressed in a negative fashion. How many how many municipalities and communities do you find that regress from, Okay, You can build. Rural estates to now know you can't. Now you have to hold a rocky hill that won't grow anything and won't support anything and claim it's prime farmland when there's no, there's not any established criteria by any institution or entity that is, that you guys are trying to define this stuff by, and I'm sorry, but we're, we've sat here for 30 years with the understanding that you can have five acre lots only. Then everybody around us did three. We lost money, a lot of investment because the county commissioners, the whoever said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you can do threes. And now you can, and now right behind me, I had to pay an attorney to get my private road approved when I, it was already under grandfather clause. When we built it, we did not have to compromise. If we were grandfathered in, we could have put a private road into all seven lots. And we and were forgive me, Ms. unreasonable Ms. and trustworthy and good, conscious citizens. And now, what do you think it feels like? There's 20 houses out my back window. And there's a private road that a person aborted and abandoned all those people on. So we went from, oh, you can have four houses after hiring an attorney to now you can have three acres and a private road with 25 houses on it. And they're all over and around us within the last year. Now we've set this land aside as a subdivision 25 years ago in good faith. And Douglas County looked us square in the eye and said, yeah, we're good. We're square. You don't have to do anything else. It wasn't our half measured, half measures. It was the county's half measures. Sure. And we Ms. Halpin, forgive me for forgive me for cutting you off. Forgive me. I'm I need to cut you off now and 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 just ask you to understand. I know you have been you've been perhaps a victim of 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 very bad timing over the past at least 25 years. I'm just going to have to ask you to recognize that we are all here out of good faith as well. We are all responding to your particular application. And and just a reminder that we are an advisory body that our recommendation goes forward to the county commission uh, which will make make this decision. And I certainly hope that the county commissioners um, listen to the recording of this part of the meeting, which I think they're inclined to, because as I stated earlier, the fact that this will probably not be a unanimous vote means that they're going to want to know what's going on and what are the points of view that informed the votes on the part of each of the planning commissioners. So, so and, and, and with that, I'm just going to have to ask you, I think you've made your, your point of view very clear. And again, I think we are all as human beings sensitive to the position that you're in. 
Um, so may I ask one more question, please? I will ask, I will, at, I will exercise the discretion to let you ask one more question, Thank but you. then I just need to ask you to let us do the I job will, that we're here for. Thank you. I absolutely agree. So after hearing what I've had to say, is it not um, appropriate per procedure to hear from the commissioners again? Did that, does the additional information that they've heard have any validity to them feeling like their decision is further educated or just whatever. Thank That's you. Thank you. Um, David Carter Chair, I think you basically asked the question uh, that I was inclined to pose to the commission. And that is, you know, we, as I was, as I was saying before, um, Ms. Halpin's um, uh, uh, testimony, I guess I'll call it. Uh, we are at a position where in order to make any progress, one way or another, to just get a uh, some sort of recommendation to the county commission so that they can actually exercise their obligation. Um, someone needs to make a motion. Now, since Ms. Halpin spoke, it's possible that people, someone has a different position than they might have had otherwise. And I'll just give uh, any commissioners the opportunity to speak up and respond to Ms. Halpin's uh, observations. Does anyone care to say anything in response to Ms. Halpin's comments? I think we've all, yes, Commissioner Struckoff, please. Um, I uh, am still um, slightly in favor of the proposal um, as I was before. Um, Thank you, Ms. Halpin, for your uh, for your comments. Um, I am very sensitive to your position, and I find it very unfortunate that you arrived here. Um, my position on the application is the same. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff, David Carter, Chair. Um, uh, each person will vote based on the accumulation of information that they've received, both from the, uh, from the report, from Mary's presentation, uh, from Mr. McGinnis's comments, from Ms. Halpin's uh, comments. I, I think I am at a position where I would accept a motion one way or another uh, to, to make some progress here. Um, and Commissioner Struckoff, I, I might, uh, if you're so inclined, I might accept a motion from you. Commissioner Eric Struckoff. Yes, please. One moment. I move that we approve the request for rezone 25 acres from Ag 1 to CP based on the findings of the fact in this staff report for this request at 8981 East 1549 to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? 
as a point of order, I assume I, uh, I want to check with Jeff. I've never been in a position where someone else did not second a motion, uh, but I would be inclined to second this as long as I'm permitted to as chair. I believe I am, correct? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director, you are correct. Okay, I would like to second Commissioner Strukov's motion um, and invite further discussion before we call the roll. If there is no further discussion, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Commissioner Ashworth? No. Commissioner Carpenter? No. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? No. Commissioner Shanklin? No. Commissioner Sinclair? No. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? I guess no. Uh, motion fails six to two. Thank you. Um, Jeff, David Carter, Chair, with that, I would invite a motion uh, to decline. Is that right or do, does it matter? Because it's not a tie vote. Is that, is that it? Have we basically just, we, we do, or do we need to have a vote to decline? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director, in the instance a vote to, uh, vote to decline would be prudent in the option. Thank you. David Carter, Chair, I would invite a mo uh, such a motion. Commissioner Shanklin, please. I'm sorry, your audio has failed again. I think I know what the motion is, but I can't hear you. Uh, would someone, oh, go ahead now, try again. Uh, Greg Shanklin, Commissioner, my apologies again. Um, I, I move that we deny uh, the request to rezone uh, the 21-00097, approximately 25 acres from AG1 uh, and AG2 to CP Cluster, uh, located at 981 East 1549 Road. Thank you, Commissioner Shankland. May I, do, do I have a second? Commissioner um, Sinclair, uh, any further discussion or shall we go to a vote? Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner. Ashworth? <laughs> uh, yes, excuse me, I'm choking on my tea. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? No. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Strukoff? No. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Uh, give me one second. Motion passes six to two. All right. Thank you for that, David Carter Chair. Um, 
and um, not much there. I'm not sure if there's anything to say as a result of that. I think it's all been said. So thanks to the applicants for your time. And um, uh, I believe that takes us to the end of our regular agenda. And, um, uh, and uh, a recess until Wednesday, um, May 26th when we'll take up a full, a new full slate and even longer slate of items. So um, uh, before, I, before I call a recess, I just wanna ask if there is any uh, non, uh, if there's any non-agenda business that, uh, that we need to address tonight. Commissioner Sands. Uh, just in case I don't have time to make this mention tomorrow, um, it, I do have another work phone call at uh, that that will overlay with this one that I have to go to. I, I think maybe in the entire time I've been on this planning commission, it's only happened one other time, and now it just so happens to happen to occur twice in the same week. So I apologize, but I'll have to re repeat this action to, uh, on uh, Wednesday. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. David Carter, Chair. I just want to make sure, though, regardless of what happens, you will be attending your last planning commission meeting. Correct. Yes, I'll, I'll be on chair and I'll be able to sign in. I don't think I'll be able to participate in at least the first and maybe the second. It depends on how quick everything moves through. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for calling that to our attention. Um, uh, Commissioner Payton, uh, did you want to say something? Uh, I suppose. I guess it kind of falls under committee uh, reports, but this one has been so long that I almost forgot it existed. Um, the downtown master plan steering committee uh, final meeting, which I think was supposed to be maybe at least a year ago. Um, the, the final meeting is now happening. Um, the process ended to be ended up being much longer than it was uh, initially supposed to be. Um, I assume part of that was COVID. Uh, so tomorrow from May 27th, or tomorrow uh, from four to six, four to six uh, is the final meeting of that. So that's that's pretty exciting, I suppose. But um, I can update on that, I guess, on Wednesday if, if you'd like. So very good, thank you, Commissioner Payton, David Carter, Chair. Look forward to your report on Wednesday. Uh, although I'm not sure who's going to be asking for it. I forget what the current agenda is going to look like. Uh, in any event, I um, want to thank uh, all the commissioners for the time they've invested tonight um, and uh, look forward to uh, our meeting on Wednesday. So with that, um, I will call a recess and look forward to talking to you then. Thank you.